0: Okay. I mean no, this, that's fine. This I was, could be I guess, yeah, I may as well be part of it. Uh I watched uh rewatched House Guest the other day. Very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. As always.
1: <laughs> I mean that's a pretty great movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean Phil Arvin and, and Sinbad were a pretty pretty solid cinematic duo. Yeah, definitely. Um I, I, it's funny because uh, I saw that was on Hulu mm-hmm. I was like oh, hell yeah and Son-in-Law's also on Hulu oh nice uh, the best Poly Shore movie mm-hmm. and um, uh, I, I, w- I had been talking about Guest with my dad somewhat recently and mm-hmm. my dad still thinks like one of the funniest scenes in a movie ever in Guest is the Novocaine the scene. Novocaine scene <laughs> yeah Yeah. Uh, uh, I had a good time with it
1: yeah I mean, I always, uh, not always, but I will occasionally, uh, refer to, refer to someone as being the genuine article, <laughs> which <laughs> I only genuine, know, I know from cool. Houseguest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, Houseguest is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's, like, genuinely actually kind of a good movie. Like, for what it is. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah.
1: like, a mid-90s, you know sinbad mistaken identity
0: right i mean clearly a movie that's just trying to cash in on his like fame as like a comedian or whatever like Mm -hmm. that movie could have been so much worse like than what it is like i don't know (laughs) like like compared to a lot of like 90s comedies like it's it's a lot better than a lot of them starring more prestigious actors than sinbad
1: and if something like that just popped up on netflix nowadays it would be much worse than oh, it'd
0: be so Be so much worse or um, much worse than house guest i also like like genuinely laughed out loud at the like very beginning of that movie when when it pulls his like tiny beater car behind that like <laughs> nice convertible and he pulls out like even though you yeah. can see the smoke like you know what the gag's gonna yeah be. yeah and it still made me laugh just yeah. i was like okay that's pretty funny
1: comedies were better in the 90s they
0: were the, 90, the 90, <laughs> 90s 90s come i mean they were better but they were also like worse in some respects i mean obviously yeah. there's probably some that don't hold up super well yeah but like things you
1: can't and shouldn't say nowadays yeah exactly yeah.
0: but like uh yeah nine the the highs of 90s come i mean i'm like the 90s are my favorite decade for movies mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what yours is. What, what would you say your favorite decade? I mean,
1: movies? probably the 70s. Yeah, I uh, mean that's
0: that's like the smart, smarter response to that <laughs> yeah. than the 90s. But uh, mostly nostalgic reasons uh-huh. fueling. Modern. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, I especially love 90s comedies, though. It's, it's, I mean, maybe my most like those are
1: the comedies that we grew up on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,
0: you've got your Dumb and Dumber's, of course, um, Wayne's World. Wayne's World, uh, Kingpin, mm-hmm. all-time classic. Yeah. Um, I actually think Kingpin's a much better movie than Dumb and Dumber, even. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, like, I obviously still love Dumb and Dumber, but for mm-hmm. mostly nostalgic reasons. I, K- Kingpin, I think, is genuinely, like, yeah, super funny, still. Um, I mean, Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a huge Meet the Parents mark. As, I know that as yeah. we've talked about. Uh-huh. I don't remember if we've talked about it on mic, but I think Meet the Parents is good. <laughs> that's yeah. like ninety nine, right? That's like or is that uh, 2000? that's two thousand. Yeah, oh, okay. That's like right. summer of two thousand. Okay. But it's you know, it's it was close. probably
1: filmed in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> probably.
0: Well, you've also got like uh, Happy Gilmore in mm-hmm.
1: there.
0: Yeah. Um, you've got the Chris Farley movies mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Uh nineties were a great decade for comedies. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean even the stupid live action kids movies like House Guest. Yeah. And uh Home Alone 2. Right. And uh Richie Rich. Yeah, Richie mm-hmm. Rich.
0: When they blow up the Mount Mount, Rich <laughs> Mount
1: Richmore, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um Yeah, I think I had a I think I had a 90s comedy list. Oh, um well
1: we we compiled a 90s comedy list during the pandemic
0: that's right do you want to you want me to read our lists right now while sure. we're on the subject yeah well why don't you introduce the show while I'm pulling up the list
1: uh, yes hello welcome to 2002 a film odyssey the podcast where films are discussed specifically the films of the year 2002 I'm one of your hosts I'm Andrew
0: and I'm Dan
1: and we are back and this is one of our home video editions And uh, on these episodes, instead of discussing a movie that was released theatrically in the year 2002, we talk about a movie that was released on home video and DVD in the year 2002. And I think we'll say in a minute what movie we're going to be talking about, but we'll finish, uh, we'll finish talking about. This uh, 90s comedy yeah, <laughs> discussion. Yeah,
0: yeah, Well, you know, it, the, the home video editions are a little looser. They're a little looser. You know? Yeah. We're Even, a little more off the cuff.
1: Right. Even though I think we plan to talk about quite a bit on yeah, this episode. Yeah, we should get into it, but uh, we but may as well Might finish, as well yeah, this chill show. out in some way. Chill out in some way. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, all right, so the, this is, I have your 90s comedy okay. list here. Um, I'm going to start at 10 and work my way down to number one. Okay. Number 10, you have Dick. Mm. Really good underrated. Yeah. Political comedy. The reason
1: I said mm like that, because I'm wondering if
0: Dick should be higher. D- yeah. Dick's a good, uh... It is, but you, I mean, you have a good list here, so, um, Dick is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's also a movie that you're just cursed to not ever be able to talk yeah. about without, uh... Laughing like a twelve year old. Um Uh you number nine you have the Big Lebowski. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Number eight, you have Dazed and Confused. hmm Number seven, you have Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Yep number six i'm agreeing
1: with this like it's somebody else's list but this is mine that i just (laughs) did like however long ago this was Uh, like a year ago
0: i think it was a little longer than a year ago but yeah yeah uh it's hard to say really because we made so many lists together on zoom and stuff that uh number six you have dumb and dumber Mm -hmm. number five you have election classic that's a great one a a classic uh number four you have bottle rocket Mm -hmm. number three you have kingpin Mm -hmm. number two you have Rushmore yeah classic and then number one you have Wayne's World it's gotta be Wayne's World I mean
1: Rushmore and you know Rushmore is definitely a probably a better movie than Wayne's World uh yeah but Wayne's World's just like it's like like a comedy like a pure comedy
0: oh yeah yeah Uh, Rushmore and Wayne's World are different kinds of comedies yeah um and even like election and mm-hmm. and like dick or well i don't know dick's pretty pure comedy but like yeah but it's more of a political satire you know i don't know there there's different flavors no matter what you're yeah. into for the 90s comedies uh, uh my list uh, I, I will say real like yeah. quick
1: honorable mention happy gilmore yeah of I don't course
0: know. well happy we didn't so like happy gilmore is not on either of our lists mm-hmm. um tommy boy is not on either of our lists Like, there's a number of, like, movies that I think of as, like, standouts from the genre that came out in the 90s that aren't aren't even on these lists, which is how stacked the decade was for good comedies. Uh, My list, a lot of similar ones, mostly similar, actually, but uh, I had number 10, I had Home Alone on there. Yeah. Which is, again, you know, not a strict comedy, per se, but, like, you know. Obviously, like, the last 30 minutes are super, like, madcap and and very influential or, you know, well-remembered at the very least. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nine, I had Bottle Rocket. Number eight, I had Flirting with Disaster, Mm -hmm. which is not a movie that's on your list, but I know you would have pretty high, probably on a longer list. Mm -hmm. Um, Number uh, seven, I had Big Lebowski. Number six, I had Austin Powers, one. Number five, I I said one, like two was going <laughs> to sniff the list. I don't like two at all.
1: <laughs> no, two, I would say is a bad movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Even though the Will Ferrell scene is yeah. funny. Yeah, that is very funny. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought about rewatching two not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, just because it had been a very long time.
1: Two, two, if you watch it immediately after the first one, it's very apparent how much like <laughs> how much it pales in comparison right yeah
0: uh number five i have election number four i have dumb and dumber number three i have wayne's world number two i have kingpin mm-hmm. number one i have rush yeah so those are our 90s comedy lists i i don't know it would probably look a little different <laughs> if i did it now yeah which is the beauty of all those lists is yeah like if you'd ask me, even a week later, right. probably from that point, it, it would probably look a little different. Yeah. Uh, but man, great, great decade. Yeah, in
1: movies. It's in true. 90s. Yeah. And I, I just probably quote Wayne's World more than any other comedy I could think of.
0: Uh, yeah, I quote it all the time. Yeah. And uh, I actually quote Wayne's World two a lot. Yeah. <laughs> even though that movie is obviously nowhere near as good. Yeah. <laughs> this coke's gone bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, and, uh, anytime I, like, am watching a movie and I notice some, like, kind of obvious foreshadowing, I will lean next to the person or lean to the person next to me and say, uh, you know, for a security guard, that person <laughs> had a lot of extraneous information.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Great movie, Wayne's World one. Benjamin. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh,. Wayne's World Rules. It's coming out on 4K like in a month. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Even though I everyone always is like, "Oh, it's a comedy. You don't need that in 4K." I'm like, "Why wouldn't I want to see it in the best possible yeah. looking version?" Like I like film is a visual medium. Yeah. And like I don't know, why wouldn't I want it to look its best? But it still probably looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um all right, well, should I guess we get into this uh, yeah, episode.
1: this episode. Uh, so, yeah, like we said, this is a home video edition. We're talking about a movie that was released on DVD in the year 2002. Uh, we're going to be talking about a film by Steven Spielberg, our very first Steven Spielberg movie.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, first of three that we're going to be covering yeah. on this podcast, unless yeah. we sneak another home video one in there at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know
1: if another one came uh, out on home video. Probably, but also yeah, maybe not.
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. Yeah. Um uh, but
1: uh Yeah, this is a movie that came out on uh March fifth, two
0: thousand two. On D V D. On D V D, yes. When did it come out in theaters? Uh
1: it came out I think late June of two thousand one. Um I believe. Uh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah
0: let's see june 29th june 29th oh that is late june that's yeah. late june you were on
1: it so dan do you want to tell our listeners what movie we're talking about uh <laughs> <laughs> is that like a game show Yeah.
0: <laughs> what's behind uh home video edition number one mm-hmm. uh yeah we're talking about ai artificial intelligence mm-hmm. today yeah uh steven spielberg's uh meditation on I, I don't uh know, humanity i guess yeah i mean partially mm-hmm. um it's so i mean part of the reason we wanted to do this not because like we've got plenty of opportunities to talk spielberg because yeah. spielberg did minority report and catch me if you can like arguably in my opinion at least two of his best movies yeah they're um, both in my top five Five, i think
1: if not top five top like seven yeah yeah Yeah.
0: pretty high up there i i think both of those are i want to see maybe even like three and four on my list Mm -hmm. i I mean so we we don't even really have to rank spielberg if we don't want to today yeah
1: we could we could talk spielberg later on yeah exactly
0: the reason we really wanted to do this one is because um this movie was famously developed and the rights were held Mm -hmm. for a very long time by stanley kubrick
1: yes so
0: that i mean so while this isn't a stanley kubrick movie Mm -hmm. um in fact there's kind of a misnomer about kubrick's like involvement with this movie like Uh i think it's kind of interesting which we can get into later when we get into the plot but like Mm uh Kubrick had wanted to do this movie for a long time. Yeah. And Kubrick also like had lots of ideas and like he bought rights to different yeah. things a lot. Like so a
1: lot. from what I read, he bought the rights to the the book yeah. uh in the early 70s. So the development on this started as early as the early 70s. Or he at least had the the rights to the book at that point. Um Dan was drinking a cup with ice in it. Yeah, if sorry. you if you were, <laughs> if sorry. you heard ice moving around that's what that sound was. Okay. Uh yeah, so I think uh, what what's the book called again? It's uh, Super Toys Last All Summer. Is that? Uh,
0: yeah, that's right. Is by that what it's Brian called? Aldiss. Brian
1: Aldiss, which I've never read.
0: No. Um it's like a short story. I probably could yeah. have read it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we could have very easily. Uh, yeah. Um uh, yeah, Brian Aldis. Uh, yeah. from 1969.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah. So. so, from what I read, Kubrick bought the rights to this in like the early 70s. So I would imagine probably sometime after Kubrick did 2001, and maybe around the time he was doing like Clockwork Orange. Yeah. So it's got a pretty interesting history, like backstory, because sat in development hell for a period of time and it switched hands obviously as far as directors go and then
0: right well in 85 kubrick asked spielberg to direct it even and kubrick would produce Mm -hmm. so spielberg has kind of been involved in this project for a pretty long time yeah and i i mean i i don't know if this is exactly the reason but i wonder if like part of the reason that this movie finally got made when it did is would have been Pretty soon after Kubrick passed away, so I wonder yeah. if that was like well, Spielberg's like ode yeah. to him. Or like
1: I mean, or... I always assumed that is why it happened yeah. when it did because yeah, he died, and then uh, two years later, yeah, it comes yeah. out. Yeah, Gifts. or actually, probably immediately, it went into production. Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah. I mean, this is a pretty big budget movie, mm-hmm. and probably took a while to make. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Kubrick died before Eyes Wide Shut came out in 99, so...
1: Yeah, I think he died, like, right when the final cut was turned in. Or, that's, like, how the story goes, anyways. Right,
0: yeah, a lot of stories about Kubrick and... uh, Eyes Wide Shut. (laughs) Eyes Wide Shut, especially, because some people say Kubrick hated it, and some people thought he thought it was, like, his best movie and stuff. So there's so many, like, these like unverifiable yeah. stories about right. it. Um, that's a great movie. hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, we can do our, we can yeah, rank our we'll Kubrick. I, I
0: did my Kubrick list the other day in preparation. Assume, cause just cause I assumed we would do one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh,
1: so, yeah, this is this episode is our uh, like our only opportunity to talk Stanley Kubrick. Right,
0: right. Yeah. So, it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's like the most logical stretch we could yeah. possibly make mm-hmm. um, given our opportunities cuz we yeah. we scanned like the full DVD list and we didn't really see yeah anything any of his movies that was that were coming out so this was really it yeah i mean obviously we could just do whatever we wanted to (laughs) yeah not like we have like a boss but but, like we try
1: as hard as we can to tie this into the year 2002 as much as possible exactly and but yeah i mean i remember buying uh ai in 2002 like when it came out
0: yeah Yeah. i got a
1: previously viewed dvd copy from hollywood video
0: nice Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, uh, I definitely bought it as well. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe my dad bought it. Um, my dad, at, at the time of, you know, when this came out, yeah. was a big, like, multiple movie a, a week purchaser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, and, and, like, that was at a time when, like, <laughs> we talk, we've talked a bunch of times about how many movies were coming out in theaters. Yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing applies to home video yeah. obviously so there were a lot more movies to purchase yeah compared to like now and like now like most of my movie purchasing is usually like older movies that get released on yeah. like 4k or whatever right um but catalog titles yeah
1: oh two that was like right in the middle of the dvd boom totally yeah
0: totally yeah mm-hmm. yeah because blu-ray was not gonna be a thing for like another four more years yeah because I was '06 when yeah. the PlayStation 3 came out, which is really when Blu-ray kind of took off. Yeah, uh, and I,
1: I think I even read that in 2005, that's when DVD sales were like at an all-time high. Yeah, yeah.
0: An interesting time to come out with a new format, but I mean, I yeah, I guess it even with a name like Blu-ray, which is a stupid name for a product, <laughs> we've all just kind of accepted it yeah so, blu-ray yeah i got that movie on blu-ray mm-hmm. like, like that's dumb DVD yeah. sounds normal <laughs> yeah uh and then and then with 4k that's like that sounds fun yeah or even uhd is what the actual yeah. like, discs are called
1: maybe even if you said br instead of blu-ray
0: yeah maybe it just means yeah <laughs> <Blue-ray>. <laughs> uh but but if you say BR that sounds stupid too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I got I the BR. I up on BR I'm like, oh, okay, cool guy here. <laughs>
1: uh yeah. But yeah. So, uh AI. AI. Um, yeah, so maybe we should uh we could talk a little bit about the production history and the backstory behind AI and talk about maybe Kubrick's career before that started and kind of weave in, you know, discussions about his filmography.
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, Well uh what was kubrick's first movie what was that called again uh
1: Uh, fear and desire Fear and
0: desire that's right Uh, it's like 40 minutes long or something
1: uh uh, it's like about an hour i think maybe a little less um i did uh, i knew that we were gonna do this episode Mm -hmm. so i tried my best to watch all of his movies in chronological order which i don't know if i've ever done before for any director yeah um at least not with a filmography of that size right uh and i didn't finish i tried it pretty hard but
0: what did you get up to um
1: the first 30 minutes of clockwork orange
0: oh okay so you made it yeah you made it a good chunk of the way through yeah
1: so he's got 13 movies and i watched a little over half i think okay so yeah his first movie was fear and desire which was 50... You got the date pulled up there?
0: Uh, Yeah. Fear and Desire, 53. Have
1: you ever seen that?
0: No, I haven't. I've heard it's, like, not very good. Uh, I listened to the Blank Check episode because they started their Stanley Kubrick oh, series. Okay. Uh, and nobody seemed to really care for it. No, I wouldn't say it's very... Um,
1: not a lot going on in that movie like there's like maybe one kind of interesting scene um involving like a prisoner of war um Mm -hmm. where one of the soldiers kind of goes a little loony um and that's maybe like the only scene in the movie where i thought uh it kind of stood out as being like a stanley kubrick movie other than that it was like pretty not a whole lot of personality with that movie yeah definitely my least favorite of his movies for sure
0: yeah that makes sense i mean i mean once you get to a certain point in his career he doesn't really have any like stinkers uh in fact he doesn't really have any stinkers really (laughs) besides that (laughs) i haven't seen everything in his filmography but like i don't know i could see not really liking lolita very much just because of what that is about um yeah
1: well, we'll we'll get to that I guess when we get there chronologically. Yeah, yeah, but I right. did just rewatch
0: Lolita like 5 days ago. I saw that. I saw that. Excited for your fresh take on it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, he 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 in addition to that, he does some like kind of like documentary shorts and stuff like that, which yeah. you can you can find those on home video. And... Yeah. I know the Flight, Flying Padre, right. Seafarers is one of them.
1: Yeah, I know Kino Lorber, or I think it was Kino Lorber, put out Fear and Desire on Blu-ray, like, probably, like, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And I almost bought it back then and didn't. Um, and I'm glad I didn't, because it's not something I would ever rewatch. watch <laughs> Right. Uh, but I'm wondering if those shorts are on that Blu-ray. Uh,
0: yeah, they all have that same art style. Yeah, so that, they... Like, kind of crappy looking minimalist looking posters (laughs) which was like such a such a fad in home video especially at that like during that time period right um i I, (laughs) those are those are really big um yeah so those are available on that but uh then he made another movie in 55 which is i think Considered better. Um, you watched it, uh, mm-hmm. Killer's Kiss. How'd you feel about that?
1: Uh, that was good. Uh, I, you know, it had a lot of just kind of straightforward, standard noir mm-hmm. uh, elements about it uh, that weren't like, you know, groundbreaking, but there were a lot of, there's a lot of cool, like, location.
0: I know, like, the Shooting. mannequin warehouse is yes. supposed to be pretty good. Yeah.
1: There there was a lot of stuff that was just, like, shot on the streets of New York in the early 50s, yeah, which was probably cool. without,
0: like, a permit, too, which is funny. Probably, because it
1: was pretty low budget. Yeah. Um, and it's just cool to see, you know, just stuff shot on the streets like that. Right. And, yeah, it ends with a very cool fight scene in a mannequin uh, factory. Yeah. That goes on for, like eight minutes probably
0: <laughs> is it longer than the like alley fight scene in they live which i think <laughs> of is the longest fight scene in a
1: movie <laughs> uh probably about the same yeah, I guess. That's a pretty i'd have to one. think about it yeah. but uh yeah it's just like you know no no music it's just you know people punching each other and somebody would pick up a mannequin leg and swing it at the other person <laughs> that Sounds and, cool it, it, it actually, it's the best part of the movie, for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, worth watching, I'd say. And it's only an hour long.
0: Right, yeah, it's like an hour and five minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's cool, too, that, like, all that stuff is, or a lot of that stuff was shot, like, on location and on the mm-hmm. streets because, like, at that time period, everything was, like, sound stages. Yeah. Like, you don't really have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that's not documentary. And, obviously, like, I think, he gets his start like with mm. documentaries and stuff. Those yeah. are what the shorts are. Mm-hmm. And then he was like a photographer for a magazine before yeah. he was a filmmaker. Yeah. So like look magazine. Yeah. Look yeah. magazine. Um, yeah. So, and that sounds pretty cool uh, mm. to see that. Uh, yeah. and then his next movie 56 is I think kind of like where I would say most people kind of,
1: yeah, realized that he had this something. This is the start of yeah. the,
0: the real Kubrick run. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the killing is 56.
1: Yeah. yeah, which I have seen twice now. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it when it came out on Criterion Blu-ray, like whenever that was, like in the late 2000s, mm-hmm. like 2008 or nine, maybe. But yeah, I just rewatched it last week and it's great yeah yeah it's better than the first time i watched it and mm-hmm. is it probably influences uh like had an influence on every like heist or caper movie that you could mention and a lot of yeah a lot of cool character actors and uh and it's a very tight 80, yeah,
0: 84 minute movie yeah 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 which is kind of like not really something he kind of ever did again I mean I guess yeah I guess uh Paths of Glory after after like Paths of Glory is the Mm -hmm. next year after that Mm -hmm. that's like around the same length Dr. Strangelove is probably his his only other movie that's like that's like 95 yeah that's
1: like a 90 and
0: then everything else is longer Mm -hmm. but I mean yeah so I mean he he was real like because killer's kiss is an hour and seven minutes yes yeah, yeah not
1: even uh, not even 70 minutes long yeah yeah uh, yeah if you have the time I'd watch I'd well I'd definitely watch the killing if you you have you seen the killing
0: no I haven't seen the killing yeah the killing and uh, paths of glory um, both have 4k releases from Kino, Kino yes and I have thought about picking up both. Mm-hmm. And then you got me Paths of Glory yes. for my birthday, which mm-hmm. was, like, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so happy birthday to me. <laughs> uh, so I haven't watched it yet. I actually couldn't because when you gave it to me, it was here. Yeah. And then I left it here. You so left it here. So it's still here. Yeah. So I have to take it home tonight. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Paths of Glory was the next thing, though, which is 57 yeah yes
1: yeah that's, that's the next movie
0: that's considered a pretty great movie too
1: yeah uh i think when i logged it on letterboxd i gave it i think four and a half stars but the more i think about it that's i think that's a five star yeah yeah that's a five star movie that's a really good war movie mm-hmm. that is only like really a war movie for like a half hour mm-hmm. and then it the rest of it is more of like a courtroom Thing, but uh, yeah, really good movie. Just about like the absurdity of of it all of war yeah, and right. uh, Timothy Carey, who I don't I don't know if you know super well. Uh, I, 70s, I, I'm a little familiar with. Yeah, them. yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I just said 70s. Character actor, but he was around a lot longer before yeah, that. Yeah. But I know him from a few '70s movies that he's An really insane good in. person from yeah. <laughs> all the stories about him. Yeah, uh, and he's great in all the the Cooper movies he's in, which is Paths of Glory and The Killing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's really good in Paths of Glory. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's in. Both and he's apparently a, a nutball.
1: Yeah, or was. He yeah. died in 1994. So yeah. R.I.P.
0: I guess. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen any of these up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen the next movie, though, which is um, 1960s Spartacus. Spartacus. Yeah. Uh, very long movie.
1: That's a long one, which I watched uh, like a week ago.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's fine yeah I, I i haven't seen it in a while mm-hmm. I, I definitely didn't rewatch it for this yeah um i think
1: i saw it for the first time in high school Mm-hmm. Same. and i don't even actually know if we watched the whole thing i wonder if part of it was if we watched like a shorter version if that exists or if like
0: a tv cut or something like a tv
1: cut because it definitely didn't take us more than like three classes to finish
0: right yeah, cuz you got to remember this would have been like 45 minute periods. Yeah, watching this.
1: Yeah. But um it uh, when I rewatched it last week, it was better than I remembered, but I, it's definitely not something I would watch that often.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me that feels kind of like of his entire filmography the most like for higher yeah, that he ever sure. really was, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's not to say that he he didn't, like, make an interesting movie. Because I think that movie's, like, fine. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, but it's also not a movie I've, like, wanted to watch, really. Yeah. Like, since whatever the last time I saw it. Um, but it also feels, like, the least, like... Uh, it feels the most anonymous, I guess, yeah, of the, all the movies, the movies
1: I've seen. The least Kubrickian. Yeah, yeah. Kubrickian. <laughs> Positively Kubrickian. Uh... Yeah, it definitely feels just like like one of those epics, sword and sandals movies that would have come out at the time,
0: right? Uh, and oft parodied, like the "I am Spartacus" scene with everyone standing up claiming to be Spartacus. Yeah, like, it's a movie that kind of like has been absorbed into pop culture, like mm-hmm. through some of that stuff. Uh,
1: and when you watch that "I am Spartacus" scene, like it, it's not as it's just like one of those things that you, uh, I don't know, you like Piten in your head. Yeah, like yeah. They, you know, you and I, we would like quote something from a movie like for years, and then we would watch that scene. <laughs> never and be really like, oh, it's not close to how we like.
0: Well, we just experienced that when we watched uh, the game. We watched <laughs> the game. Yeah, and like, there's this one of like I would say probably my single favorite character actor of all time is James Rebhorn. Mm-hmm. RIP. Um, the man. The man. Yeah. Uh, and he has he has just this little, like, throwaway line of dialogue that mm-hmm. you and I have quoted <laughs> for yeah. years, uh, where he just says, best in Chinatown. Like, yeah. He's talking about he's, Chinese food. Yeah,
1: he's talking about, he's like holding up a bag of Chinese food that he got from some Chinese food restaurant. He's like, best in Chinatown. <laughs> and we...
0: <laughs> we really, we really uh, yeah. push that line to its limits yeah. in terms of uh, bigness. Yes. But, uh...
1: Uh, but yeah, I feel like movies that have parodied that I am Spartacus scene have kind of done that mm-hmm. to that scene. Cause sure. it's like not a very long scene right. and just a couple of characters yeah. chime in with that. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even commercials have parodied that. I remember, I want to say like a commercial for like AT&T or something. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it was.
1: Um, but, but Spartacus, I would say is Good. good not not great i don't know if i would rewatch it super right. often but
0: yeah i mean uh, uh, spoiler alert it's at the bottom of my kubrick list yeah but i also haven't seen like fear and desire which most people say is the worst worst yeah, thing in for there. sure um um
1: and who uh peter uh ustinov he won an oscar for that movie yeah uh, he's great yeah in that movie yeah and 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 i think those scenes are the best part of spartacus it's like the like the kind of backroom like politics Mm -hmm. scenes just like romans talking about you know their strategies and stuff um the the kirk douglas stuff is like okay
0: yeah i mean i kind of i mean i i don't really know but like i kind of think of Kirk Douglas is being like. He's like a movie star. Mm hmm. I mean, I granted yeah. he's in Paths of Glory also. Yeah. But, like, I think of him as being, like, a face. hmm. And, like, there's a lot of interesting actors in Spartacus, but I don't really think of Kirk Douglas as being one of them. Yeah. Like, there's obviously Lawrence Olivier, mm-hmm. Pierre Oostinam, Charles Lawton. Charles Lawton. Yeah. Guy. Uh-huh. Uh Tony Curtis. <laughs> Tony Curtis. And Tony <laughs> Curtis, who, like, just looks like he's from New Jersey. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like, how is this guy in ancient Rome? And it's but, one
1: of those movies where they all just, they don't do any kind of accent. Yeah. They just use their normal voice. And Tony Curtis <laughs> obviously sounds like Tony Curtis.
0: Right. Which I like when yeah. movies make that choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much better than making everyone do like a bad attempt. And then everyone sounds like they're from totally different places right. or not real places at all. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like Valkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. Um, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, like, Marie Antoinette's a good example of a movie that yeah. just doesn't ask them to do it. and they just, yeah. They're French. Just go with it. Yeah. Know? And I think that's a better call.
1: Yeah. And that's what happens with Pads of Glory also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kirk Douglas is really good in Pads of
0: Glory. Right. And I don't know, <laughs> maybe Maybe it's because... I don't know, like, I, Kurt yeah. Douglas was, like, really interested in making Paths of Glory, right? Isn't that what, like, the story is? Um, like, he I, was very, like, involved in it, and he wanted to make it exactly yeah. as, it, as it was written, so maybe he was super passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I think he was, like, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I think he was kind of, like, if if I don't kind of throw my weight behind this, this right. movie won't ever get made. right because um, it's a very like anti-war mm-hmm. movie
0: uh kirk douglas uh seems like kind of a piece of shit <laughs> also I, <laughs> I don't know like too about much kirk about kirk douglas eh, he's gotten uh, a lot of uh you know not stories s- about him not
1: supposed to be a great right dude
0: right yeah i mean i don't really know all all of what they are mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah i mean like I don't know. Probably a piece of shit. I mean, it's pretty likely that a lot of... A lot of... Rich Hollywood actors and stuff... Especially from this era... Would have been pieces of shit. Like, I guess it would be more surprising (laughs) to me if he wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's Spartacus. Yeah, It's it's, it's good.
1: Yeah. um, His scenes just aren't like... Super interesting to me. Like the Spartacus stuff is not as interesting as the the stuff with like the roman sure you know politicians that kind of
0: feels like the movie that that kubrick probably would have wanted to make and the spartacus stuff is more yeah necessity but like yeah i mean a movie about kind of like the founders of like the modern republic and all Mm -hmm. that like that sounds interesting yeah especially from like a person like kubrick yeah
1: yeah and the battle scenes are pretty cool for, well, at least the flaming logs that get rolled <laughs> into <Yeah>. the opposing <laughs> armies. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I watched and I was like, how did they do this? Like, how did those logs crash in to those guys <laughs> without <laughs> killing them? Uh like, of all the things that Gladiator kind of ripped off from yeah. Spartacus, I'm surprised that they didn't, uh Gladiator didn't use any flaming logs, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Should have had flaming locks. Maybe it would have been too yeah. Um. All right. So, 62. 62 is Lolita. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about I've never seen it.
1: Uh, Yeah. I bought the Warner Brothers Blu-ray, I don't know, maybe, like, Seven years ago. Whenever it came out, uh, I got it and I watched it with my wife, and boy, we both thought it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not weird, but just, uh, you know, obviously, un- it's an uncomfortable watch, obviously. Yeah. Um,
0: so, well, let's, ex- let's explain the, the plot. If of nobody Lolita, knows what an Elite Lolita is. Right. Was. I yeah. mean, it's kind of one of those, again, it's one of those, like, famously. I mean, the term lolita has kind of endured like yeah um mm-hmm. but basically he's just a it's it's just an old guy who becomes y- obsessed y- with a
1: teenager yeah it's about a a uh a professor uh who yeah just becomes humbert obs- humbert yep humbert humbert um uh, <laughs> who becomes <laughs> obsessed with uh i think she's supposed to be 12
0: yeah 14 in the 14 movie. okay um yeah and it's uh it's based on a russian novel uh-huh. uh vladimir Nabokov. yeah um the book is pretty well known still mm-hmm. uh yeah. i think the book seems to me seems to be better than the movie either of the movie because this was also done by adrian Lyne, which is a yeah, it's our choice. Adrian here.
1: Lyon did a '90s version of it, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, and yeah. Melanie Griffith
0: uh, as the Shelley
1: Winters character. Yes, yes. And Melanie, yeah. I don't know who played Lolita in the the uh, '90s. '97,
0: uh, Dominique Swain.
1: Oh, yeah, from Face Off.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the Frank Langella was in that as the peter
1: sellers as quilty yeah yeah
0: yep. yeah and peter sellers is also in this movie too <laughs> yeah. that's another thing about it uh I,
1: this is just my opinion uh the peter sellers scenes in lolita are excellent
0: are they yeah okay. he's
1: great uh in i mean you lolita. gotta
0: you gotta think that kind of like is the basis for Doctor Strange which is his next movie, right? Yeah, like, probably. He's probably. Like, oh, this is fucking dynamite or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I got to get this guy to play like forty different characters in my next movie. Yeah,
1: um, I've got a few issues with Lolita. Oh, just a few. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> uh, obviously, the the tone is a little odd because it's like kind of a kind of a. It's got some, like, screwball, farcical moments in it which don't gel super well with a movie about a person who... A grown man who takes advantage of a 14-year-old. Like, there's this scene... I think the best example is a scene that that would be, like, kind of funny if it weren't in this movie, which is, like, where... uh, uh, The uh, main character, played by James Mason um humbert humbert uh gets a a cot ordered up to his hotel room uh and has just a really hard time opening it Mm -hmm. and he's got like the the bellhop helping him and it's like a scene that goes on for like two minutes where they just have a really hard time opening up this cot (laughs) (laughs) but it's uncomfortable because you know that he the character is in this room with this young girl who you know he's going to be taking advantage of right uh and you're like this something about this doesn't doesn't feel like it goes together yeah um so there's that part of it tonally it's a little odd and also the um biggest problem i think i had with it was the way that it wraps itself up like it is pretty clumsy in the way that it ends Uh, It doesn't really tie together a lot of plot threads super well and just kind of ends. Like, Mm -hmm. it just tells you the epilogue, like, on the screen, like, what happens to certain characters. Like, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, did this, this, and this, and that's it. Um, I won't spoil it in case you ever watch it, but... The Peter Seller scenes, I think, are really good, but how he kind of fits into the movie doesn't get explained or, like, fleshed out super right. well. So um, it's just
0: kind of, like, this, like, weird little, like... <laughs> like yeah. Kind of, like, side thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, all of his... Like, him in the movie, he's great, I think. Uh, like, he's, like, super weird and kind of creepy in the movie. You're not sure where all his scenes are really going and how they fit in but they're still like really compelling regardless. Um, and then when the movie actually does like explain why he was in the movie and doing all the things he was doing, it doesn't really like satisfy me. Yeah. Um, and then there's like one scene where he, I don't think this is giving too much away, but where he is, um, playing, a, like a different character. Like he's dressed up as a, like a German doctor and because he's, like, a guy who's known for playing multiple characters right. in movies, you're like, oh, this is just, like, another character mm-hmm. that he's playing in this movie. But then it's actually revealed that he is just the one character <laughs> and was doing that character. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, that uh, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, But, yeah, Lilith is definitely lower on my, my Kubrick list. Yeah, okay. But... The yeah the the acting I would say is pretty solid and the Peter Seller scenes are quite good, right? Yeah, so that's my Lolita verdict.
0: Okay. Um. Well. Uh. Well, after that, he two years later. Mm-hmm. So he. Uh, Cause let's see, fifty. Cause he did fifty-five. 56 57 he did a movie each year mm-hmm. and then it took him obviously a little longer to do spartacus that was three years yeah and then he takes two years before he does lolita and then he does two years before he does dr Strangelo, which, which is, is 64 64 yeah and obviously dr strangelove was great yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's pretty commonly accepted by yeah. most people um uh, yeah, I mean, I like Doctor Strange up a lot. I mm-hmm. I own it on 4K. I don't have the Criterion Blu-ray. Criterion has a no, Blu-ray. Yeah, there's I don't a, have there's that there's one. There's Sony 4K that's out. Um, But yeah, it's a classic. I don't like... I don't have it, like, super high on my... Yeah. Kubrick list, but that's also because all, like, almost all of his movies were pretty great. Yeah.
1: Um after this recent rewatch that i did i i think i dropped it a few notches but even still like it's still like a classic like it's still great uh, but it did uh, get passed up by the killing and paths of glory but it's still an amazing movie right yeah right
0: um and then uh i mean i don't is there anything else you want to talk about dr strangel obviously peter seller's um untouchable friends yeah george c scott george is pretty c. funny yeah.
1: for <laughs> george c
0: scott right uh, yeah uh james earl jones in that uh oh is the pilot or not the pilot but the uh lieutenant Zol? yeah
1: one of the air force guys um
0: only notable because he retired today from voicing uh darth vader oh so I didn't know that. Now, like, an AI program is going to voice Darth <laughs> Vader <laughs> oh, cool. forever. So, that's really weird. AI, huh? Uh, AI, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. yeah wow. Uh, yeah, so that's that's happening. Jiggle yeah. um, Joe. <laughs> yeah, Gigolo Joe. Well, we are almost at the release of the short story. Um, yeah. Uh, but... uh, uh 68's 2001 space yeah. odyssey. Right. I mean that's uh
1: yes, that is my absolute favorite Kubrick movie. Yeah.
0: Uh
1: which I I that I think that was also the first one I saw, but I didn't the first time I saw it, I don't think I got it even remotely. Cuz it was something my dad showed to me. I think we were maybe browsing uh, cable and came across it and this was probably the mid 90s and he was like oh this is a you know a classic you should see this cuz you like movies and uh i want to say it was like i was at my dad's and we were like about we were hanging out and we were going to go see spy hard later on that day <laughs> so to give you an example of when that or to give you a context for when, when that was that was like 1996 yeah uh I think I started it probably like in the, the Dawn of Man section with like mm-hmm. the, uh you know, like pretty early on in the movie and watched it from then on. And, you know, I enjoyed it, but it was obviously like sure. pretty slow. And, it's a hard
0: movie for like a kid. Yeah. And I would have been
1: like nine or ten at that yeah. point.
0: Um,
1: And then I think I watched it i got it on dvd in like the mid 2000s and that's when it clicked with me and i was like oh this is like a great
0: yeah i bought it and the first time i saw it was when it came out on blu-ray for the first time okay probably like oh seven yeah that was a pretty early blu-ray yeah yeah um and yeah yeah i i loved it i mean i would say i think it's still a movie i think it's like acceptable to struggle with kind of the the pacing or the of it I guess yeah what I would said, what, how i would describe it like yeah it is a long movie and there are like long quiet stretches yes so it, it's totally a movie where i could see someone watching and not appreciating really at all mm-hmm. and then being in a totally different mood and yeah. being able to appreciate it more yeah. later yeah Um, I would, it's like a movie I think you have to see multiple times in your life to kind of like maybe click with, Mm -hmm. or even just see something else that you didn't see before. Yeah. 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 I think that time that I just watched it
1: when I got it on DVD, it just really clicked with me. And, uh, I'd say that and the, my second favorite Kubrick movie are just the most one of the two of the most hypnotic movies I've ever seen and I know hypnotic is kind of a uh, you know kind of a vague goofy way to characterize a movie but I think hypnotic is pretty appropriate for
0: oh yeah for those I mean, two movies especially like the end of uh, yeah I mean that that And that's, like, a movie that, like, you know, obviously people say, like, oh, dude, you gotta see it, like, stoned, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, sure, I can imagine that being a fun experience, or maybe a terrifying experience, also, depending on what you're stoned with. But, like, (laughs) yeah, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating movie, and Mm -hmm. it's amazing to me that, like, like, because, okay, so, at this point... In Kubrick's career... Mm-hmm. My only two frames of reference, like, before that... Not that... I, not that I don't remember what order I saw these yeah. in before, but I... Probably when I saw 2001, I'd only probably seen, like... Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, and mm-hmm. Spartacus. Would be my yeah. guess. Um, and it's... It, it, even even having seen full metal jacket and the shining mm-hmm. it still feels amazing to me that anyone ever got to make this movie you know what i mean yeah like yeah. it's one of those movies it's like god damn like mm-hmm. some studio uh, warner brothers i guess but yeah let him make this movie and because mm-hmm. you watch it and you're just like like, this would never get made today. No. There isn't a director on Earth. Maybe Christopher Nolan would yeah. get the carte blanche to make something mm. like that. And that's yeah. about it. And if, if Chris, like Christopher Nolan did his 2001, and that was like Interstellar, I guess, mm-hmm. would be like the equivalent.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, but, I don't know, I feel like even then, some studio guy would be like, so you're not getting to the... Uh, the AI that's kind of like a psycho until the, <laughs> the like 90 minute mark. Like you're yeah. not getting to that stuff, the Hal stuff yeah, until this late in the game. But uh, yeah, if, uh, if we ever get a chance to see it in theaters, I think we should go. Cause I saw it in theaters like maybe five years ago and it was a great experience. I saw it in IMAX. Yeah. That's yeah. gotta be incredible. Yeah. I think that's the, Probably the thing that'll seal the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, when I w- was like a little kid and I would go to video stores and I would see the VHS for 2001, that like the the white VHS with the blue strip at the top that mm-hmm. said like the Stanley Kubrick collection. Yeah. Uh, I, f- until I saw the movie, was absolutely convinced that Michael J. Fox was in it. And that, <laughs> that it was a Michael J. Fox movie. <laughs> uh, what's that actor's name that plays Dave? Uh, uh, I don't know what I'm blanking on his name. Kier uh, Kier
0: uh, Delay? Delay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing about 2001. is It mm-hmm. has, like, nobody really in it. No, nobody's in Gary it. Gary Lockwood. Yeah. And, and the only reason I, like, know those guys is because of 2001. Yeah. Not because of anything else they did. Yeah. um, Like, that's... It's it's not only a movie that's, like, so uninterested in, like, a mass appeal, uh-huh. like, as a movie. Yeah. But, like, it's so uninterested in mass appeal that it also doesn't even care about putting, like...
1: A movie star. A movie stars. star. In. Yeah. 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 And, like, there's no dialogue in the movie until, like, 30 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's got guys in, like, ape costumes and uh-huh. stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, uh what an awesome movie that is though yeah like i mean like i think it's like the kind of movie that it's like even if you don't like it per se mm-hmm. you can at least appreciate it, its existence yeah right like no mm-hmm. matter what like if you're like a movie fan and you like unique interesting cinema like i mm-hmm. guess if you you know just like huge marvel blockbusters or whatever mm-hmm. maybe you don't care yeah um and and that, that's fine i'm not trying to Pissing anyone's Cheerios,
2: mm-hmm. but um,
0: but yeah, I mean, for the average like, I don't know cineast, mm, sure <laughs> I guess, cineast, uh, uh, you gotta love that it just exists.
1: Yeah, and the effects I think look, like really hold up. Yeah, like they look better than the special effects in AI, in my opinion. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. And I think AIs look okay for the most part. Yeah, there's some some stuff is. Yeah.
1: mm, I'm sure we'll get to it, but there's a couple moments where it does not look that great. Mm -hmm. Um, but a few things in particular, like, uh, Teddy, I think actually looks really good. Teddy looks fucking great. Teddy looks better than Ted,
0: (laughs) which came out, like, years, like, a decade later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I also, like, was like, oh, they just, like, ripped off ted or teddy from yeah. ai for yeah. ted the movie yeah and then just like oh let's make him a foul mouth massachusetts boston guy. bear yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: um but teddy lo- looks like a, a like a teddy bear <laughs> like a stuffed animal <laughs> yeah, that's lo- moving yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's i was great. watching that and i was like wow teddy looks amazing
0: uh there's a lot of stuff in this in AI, when when we, do get, when we yeah. do get to our feature. When we
1: catch up to 2001, uh, the year 2001, right? not the movie 2001. Yeah,
0: well, we can we can start talking about how the the short story was released, because yeah. that's it. Now we're in our timeline. 68 was uh, 2001. 2001, a space um, odyssey. And then 69, the short story is released. And then yeah. what year does he re- acquire the rights to it?
1: And to my understanding, he buys the rights to the book. Kubrick buys the rights to the book in the early 70s. And that's according to, like, Wikipedia. Who knows if that's accurate, but... Right. It's just, yeah. like, in the early 70s, he buys the rights to the book. Okay. And then I think he starts, like...
0: Probably, if I had to guess, probably... Probably bought the rights to it sometime right after Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Okay, because that's 71. So what do we think of Clockwork Orange? Oh, uh,
1: it's not n- not my favorite it's, of his movies it, uh, to me
0: it's the one that feels the most like high school kid getting into like <laughs> good directors kind yeah. of like movie if that makes sense yeah like
1: uh, yeah like it's definitely the one that feels like the most uh edgy for the sake of being edgy
0: yeah yeah there's there's a lot of stuff in it i don't particularly care for i think it's like pretty good overall yeah but like sort of it's like iconography and like imagery and stuff like that i don't know it's
1: it it definitely doesn't uh grab me the same way as you know a lot of his other movies
0: right right yeah i mean and i think you can obviously say that like a lot of its like nastiness Mm -hmm. is the point point. Yeah. Which, sure, of course, like, I get that. But that also doesn't mean that I, like, enjoy watching that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah.
1: Like, the the violence and the sexual
0: violence. Sexual assault mean. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's full of that stuff. So, I mean, uh-huh. if, if that stuff is, like, if anyone hasn't seen that movie, if that stuff is, you know, a trigger for you, then mm-hmm. obviously it's probably not the movie um, for you. And mm-hmm. I get it. Um I think it's I think it's like pretty good. I I own it. I I Uh bought the 4K when it came out last year, um, just because I was like, well, I'm gonna own all the Kubricks. Yeah.
1: Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, in in terms of like like acting, yeah, it's great. mm -hmm. Um, Sure, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is good, and you know, formally like the composition of the. Shots are cool. The. I don't know if I love the way that it. Like the production design. I think that's maybe something that. That. I. I don't love with Clockwork Orange. Okay. Um. And some of the editing choices. Like that scene where Malcolm McDowell takes the. Uh. Like those girls that he meets at the record store back to his place. And it's like. Uh. It's, like, sped up for, yeah. like, two minutes or whatever. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a little, like, if you watch it, like, immediately after 2001, like I did, uh, It's n- doesn't take its time mm-hmm. in terms of pacing as much. Right. Right, uh, And that's not a mode. Which
0: is weird, because it's only 15 minutes shorter <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> than 2001. Yeah, everyone talks about 2001, and it is long. It's two and a half hours. But yeah. It's, it's not even the longest movie in his filmography. Mm-hmm. It's not even the second longest movie in its film. Its film not even yeah. the third. Because yeah. Spartacus... Yeah, Spartacus has to be the Barry longest. Barry Lyndon and Eyes Wide Shut are all longer.
1: Yeah. Bear, how long is Barry Lyndon?
0: Barry Lyndon is three hours, five minutes.
1: And Spartacus is three hours and Three hours, 17 minutes. Oh, okay.
0: So Spartacus is definitely the longest. Yeah. And then Lolita lolita is even longer lolita is kind of a chore <laughs> yeah. to, to get through <laughs> um uh, i think it's interesting and worth noting that like uh starting with 2001 and um clockwork orange that's when he starts writing all the screenplays himself. yeah that's right um obviously all 2001 is based on the arthur c Clarke book mm-hmm. i haven't read that book but i can't imagine that it feels quite as, like, I don't know, meditational as no, the movie. No, yeah. It's probably a I'm, more of a straightforward science yeah, fiction Yeah, story.
1: it's definitely more straightforward. I read some of it. I think I have it on the bookshelf up
0: there. It's probably closer... Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. It's probably closer in tone to, like, 2010, the shitty sequel <laughs> that got made. Yeah. That, that was probably mm-hmm. a more faithful adaptation. Yeah. Uh, Clockwork Orange, written by... Kubrick, but adapted by an Anthony Burgess. Mm-hmm, and then his next movie, Barry Lyndon, is based on what, uh, William Makepeace Thackeray. Yes. Sure. So, <laughs> that's not something I'll ever read in my entire <laughs> no, life. I um, won't read it, <laughs>
1: uh, but, I mean, uh, no, I'll probably never have the time to read that book. I love Barry Lyndon. Unless there's another pandemic, maybe I'll read it. Yeah, who know, uh, Another no, lockdown. well...
0: well <laughs> yeah we're still in it buddy well
1: uh, another yeah, like i know i know you know <laughs> time where i have to stay in my house for a long period of time
0: right um,
1: uh but barry linden is great
0: barry linden's great yeah barry Lyndon's is a beautiful movie it's a work too. of art yeah 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 it is um i mean it's funny it's funny to say this but like the worst thing about barry linden is probably ryan O'Neal's performance yeah because ryan o'neill's not a great actor i i no. <laughs> i think i i think i could say that yeah like there there is some funny uh there is like a a clip that i i've been watching on the internet for like 25 years Mm -hmm. maybe not 25 years like 20 years yeah uh of ryan o'neill from some some movie i don't remember which one it is it's like with uh isabella Rossellini, maybe um but it's just like him on a beach reading a letter and he's just saying oh man oh god oh man Uh, oh god oh, oh i think i know what you're oh, talking about yeah yeah i've seen this clip that's yeah. from
1: an it, 80s uh it's like f- it's, i know we can look it up yeah i'm looking at is up it a now. canon movie
0: uh is it um tough guys don't dance that's ah. that's what i think it's from yeah tough guys don't dance uh with, yeah, Isabella Rossellini. I was right. I've never seen it. Uh, it's a Norman Mailer, movie. right? So, uh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So tough guys don't dance from '89 or whatever. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a very funny very funny <laughs> clip you could find on the internet if you just search oh man oh god yeah. you'll find which, it.
1: which i've seen the clip but not the movie
0: yeah i mean i feel like i've probably sent you that clip or made you yeah. watch that clip like at my house when we were teenagers or something like that yeah um but yeah uh barry linden's a beautiful movie mm-hmm. i think one of the best looking movies of all time yeah um, it's like Largely shot with like natural light, or it's like almost mm-hmm. exclusively shot with yeah. natural light, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's got this very like cool like candlelit look at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great, great looking movie.
1: Yeah, I yeah. I think my top four Stanley Kubrick movies I think of as just being like very like Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, uh, and Barry Lyndon especially
0: is like uh yeah. I don't want to get into my ranks yet. Yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to spoil it. But uh, yeah, it is in my top. It is in my top half.
1: Yeah, my list. But we said like Kubrickian earlier, and that Kubrickian. is a movie I think is oh, very totally. Kubrickian.
0: Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, awesome movie. Three hours long. Not a not a, not a super easy watch. Like no, our, our friend Travis was mm-hmm. like watching some of the Kubrick's and stuff for the first time in the mm-hmm. last like couple of years and yeah he didn't he very famously did not enjoy barry Lyndon. yeah <laughs> um, so it's again not for everybody it's not for everybody but uh i think if again if i think it's kind of like 2001 where if you appreciate like film as an art form mm-hmm. i think it's a, a yeah. movie that you'll just and, 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 and i'm sure travis like can appreciate yeah. it yeah i'm not saying that if but like
1: you can muster up the patience yeah yeah
0: um, well, next is... It has to be The Shining. 1980, yeah. He takes five long years. So, he takes mm-hmm. four years between Clockwork Orange. And I think, like, he he's a guy who, who had the rights to, like, a lot of different projects. He yeah. He had, a, like, a lot of irons in the fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if, you know, between 71 and 75, and then between 75 and 80, if he's just, like, taking all this time. He's, like, reading stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buying property. Because he... All of his... Basically, all of his stuff is adapted. Yeah. From a book. I think everything, right? Is everything that... I believe so. Uh, I mean, Eyes Wide Wide Shut is inspired by... By a novella. Yeah. Um, What's Full Metal Jacket? Is that based on a novel? Uh,
1: You know, I actually don't know. I thought it was.
0: Yeah, it is. The short timers. I've never read... Yeah, Yeah. the
1: short timers. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Right. So... Yeah, I mean, this is, this is when he gets pretty, uh, a lot, I mean, he's, he's getting older, I guess. Um, Mm, Yeah. I mean, not, not. He wasn't,
1: like, super old when he died. No,
0: no. But, like, he's, he's achieved auteur status, though, in Hollywood, and he can just do what he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. no one's gonna be like, you gotta, gotta make a picture, Stanley. Mm -hmm. Um, so 1980 is The Shining, obviously based on Stephen King novel, uh i mean the shining fucking rules
1: shining's great yeah shining rules yeah I mean, uh, yeah that's a a pretty good example of a movie that i kind of took for granted when i was younger uh, and I, I yeah that was another one my dad showed me and i was like eh, this seems kind of overrated to me yeah and then like years later i watched it and i was like oh this this is amazing yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and it's funny cuz like Stephen King kind of like seems to like not love it as an adaptation of his work. Yeah, I don't know if Stephen King like likes it as a movie or if he's so you know attached to his own work. Which yeah, I guess I could understand because uh, he
1: kind of famously preferred the TV movie, the one with, with Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber, right? yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> which it's a I choice. Maybe I saw part of that movie when it aired, but couldn't imagine it being good at all
0: i can't imagine it's good at all no no way uh that was like made for like tnt or something like that. i thought it was abc but maybe 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 it was abc but still right Uh, steven weber i think was in like a salem's lot or no no that was roblo that was roblo yeah Yeah. um yeah i mean the shining the shining rules everyone's seen Mm -hmm. the shining uh, for the most part i mean like it's another one of those movies where it's, like, off-parodied, you mm-hmm. know? All yeah. Jack, all work and no play makes Jack a dull, dull play. Yeah. Um, the stuff with Danny, like, the twins and mm-hmm. stuff in the hallway. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, d- I mean, I, I, I don't... I, I, it, it, it's a classic. I watch it every year for, like, Halloween time mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not, like, a big Halloween person, yeah. but... I mean, I do like indulging in like horror movies, especially that time of the year. And um, yeah, I watch The Shining every single year. The 4K looks fucking awesome. It Looks so good.
1: Yeah, I have that because I think you got it for me, but yeah. I've not watched it yet. Right, well, you 4K. don't have a 4K player yet. Yeah, but yeah
0: that's you gotta you gotta get. Yeah, you gotta get because I think you
1: got that for me in 2019, and yeah. it's currently 2022. So right. I gotta, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I got those. Th- too with the idea of them being future-proof for you because they yeah because i got you that in blade runner yeah the original blade runner mm-hmm. 4k because they also come with a blu-ray with it so yeah. it's not like you don't you can still watch them yeah um which is what i like about a lot of the 4k is it's like you know even if because i was telling that to travis who was like thinking about getting into 4k a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. has now started buying them yeah but um i was like just start buying the 4k and that way you have it when you want it you don't have to upgrade later um because they all most of them come with a blu-ray copy yeah um uh did did you ever see dr sleep no still haven't okay uh
1: i kind of didn't want to
0: i didn't want to either and then i i went and saw it uh 20 it was again 2019 i was going pretty crazy with the amc uh a-list a-list uh pass pass thing yeah, yeah. and so i was just like yeah, all right whatever i'll go yeah. see it like i didn't really want to it is too long for one it's like two and a two half, and a half hours. hours yeah um it's all right i actually like, kind of liked it up until the ending i think the ending's a mess mm. of it. Uh, so I, I won't spoil it for you or anyone else who hasn't yeah seen that um there's some stuff at the end with like very weirdly uh, a jack it, I, i'll give it credit for not doing cgi jack nicholson mm-hmm. but they do cast like an impersonator mm-hmm. and you want to <laughs> know who that impersonator is you'll never guess oh
1: i don't i i never looked this up and i didn't i don't know if i knew that mm-hmm. that they did cast an impersonator but mm-hmm. it's like an act like a
0: it's an actor. It's an actor that you'll never guess because Uh, they act, they, they acted or their most famous roles from when they were a kid. They still act now. Oh,
1: I don't know why I was going to guess, uh, Daniel Bruhl no no <laughs> who i don't even isn't even in that movie right
0: no 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 i don't think so and
1: doesn't look like jack nicholson um,
0: uh well i would have never said that this guy did either and i don't think he looks all that great you know, uh, either he's got the hair the hair and like the outfit <laughs> like the plaid oh the
1: um what's his name from uh et yeah it's henry Thomas. henry thomas yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's so strange. That
1: is weird. I think I just guessed that because of the Spielberg connection. I guess right. He yeah. was in the second Ouija movie, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. he he shows up and stuff, stuff still. Yeah. now. And I he's in I think like all the Mike Flanagan things. Like yeah. I think he's in right. Midnight Mass a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I think he's in whatever the new Flanagan miniseries on Netflix is. Which is like either coming out or uh, has come out already. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike yeah. Flanagan's all right, I guess. I yeah.
1: Don't know. I I might see Doctor Sleep at some point. Uh
0: yeah, uh, I really think it's like actually like all right uh, up until the end, okay. and then and then the end loses me. So. Um. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Whatever. It's fine, uh, I guess it could have been a lot worse is, is yeah. ultimately my takeaway from it so um, it, it's
1: not the fault at, at all of dr sleep but i think i was just so annoyed by the shining section in uh ready player one that yeah, i didn't want God. any more like speaking of spielberg modern
0: uh is that the worst spielberg movie in yet? my
1: opinion i really disliked ready player yeah one. Uh, i think it is but Yeah, Ready Player One is a movie that I have described to a couple people as, uh, like, the movie equivalent of, like, the pop culture t-shirt section at Target. Yeah, totally,
0: (laughs) totally. It's like, uh, it's like whoever wrote that book, I don't remember, I don't remember their name. Like, just like... I mean, people like that book, I've never
1: read it. Uh, it, Maybe it's good, It's
0: just like, oh, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Remember that from the 80s? Yeah.
0: Um, Back to the Future, huh? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Ready Player One, I think, is an awful movie. Very annoying. Yeah, um,
1: but I, yeah, I think the what that did to The Shining left like a poor taste in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, and, that's it's yeah, ridiculous. Or did with The Shining and uh, Spielberg
0: uh, should have known better than that. Like, yeah, if you want to include like blockbustery shit, like mm-hmm. like Back to the Future. All right, I guess. Uh-huh. Even though I love Back to the Future one. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know like yeah he was even buddies with Kubrick. like leave him out of it <laughs> come on man he's yeah. not alive to tell you no <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah um, um but anyhow so we so we just covered the shining right uh, which uh, uh, i really quick will say that i saw at a i'd never seen it in like a movie theater but i saw it at a uh, like outdoor screening at was it, Hol- no, not Hollywood Forever, but at, like, a zoo up in L.A. where they do outdoor screenings, and that was really cool to see it on a big screen.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, that's still not a movie I've ever seen in a theater. Um, would love to. I mm-hmm. uh, gotta keep my eyes peeled on the upcoming, yeah. like, because we're entering, you know, October yeah. in, like, a week. There's probably somewhere local. Somewhere it's gonna do. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, because we live in a good spot for that, I'm like, you know, maybe some of our listeners yeah. who don't have, like, you know, random theaters that mm-hmm. show old movies and stuff like that. But it's a blast to be able to see some of that stuff, yeah. like, on the big screen uh, that you thought you might never see. Yeah. Um, uh, 87, so mm-hmm. he takes seven years off. 87, mm-hmm. he does Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Good movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not in my upper echelon for mm-hmm. Kubrick, but, no, like, but, yeah, yeah, it's but good. No, but it's pretty good pretty good yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah uh another movie the arlie Ermy stuff off parodied mm-hmm. yeah. you know? mm-hmm. um often yeah. by arlie Ermy himself mm-hmm. even so yeah r.i.p r.i.p yeah when did he die last year no that was like four uh, years ago i
1: thought he died a long time ago yeah, it was 2018 oh that's not that long ago. not that long ago but i mean you know Cause he had that like Discovery Channel show <laughs> in the the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. I thought he died actually around that time, uh, uh, but I guess w- not.
0: What do you think? The, what do you think of as when you think of Arlie Ermy, Obviously, you think of Full Metal Jacket. Uh-huh. But like, what's the second thing that comes to mind? Because I know mine is, and it's very stupid. Oh, Man,
1: w- was he in like some uh, like kids commercial, like a toy commercial in the nineties?
0: Uh, maybe i don't know uh, i
1: guess that's I not what you think that. of what,
0: i'm thinking just like movie roles
1: um i don't know i guess i just think of full mail jacket what, I, I i think of what am I not... silverman oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's, <right. laughs> that's an awful movie i hate that
0: movie so much it's such a cruel shitty nasty movie uh uh but a lot of people love that movie for some uh, reason i do not get it but it,
1: but it's just one nacho it's just, i mean yeah <laughs> that part i guess
0: is funny i, I guess but, <laughs> is
1: it i don't know no uh, sammy Sellerman, uh i you know i don't know if we've talked about this on mike on this podcast but when i was a kid i used to keep a journal of movie reviews yeah uh because I was a cool, like, high school I mean, that's student. Like how we became friends. Yeah. Uh, and that was a movie that I think I wrote, like, a little review for that was just for me. I didn't share, like, get it published in anything. I just wrote it to write it. And I uh, definitely gave Saving Silverman an F when it came out.
0: <laughs> uh, that was in
1: 2001 when that 2001, came
0: out? Yeah. Yeah. Um uh Another thing about Full Metal Jacket that. I- I think it's funny and worth sharing. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Is uh, Adam Baldwin's in that movie?
1: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um, he's he's a fucking idiot. Uh, he's like a uh, big time conservative. He kind of
1: yeah. I I don't know too much about what he's all about in yeah. real life. Yeah, he's, he kind of turned into one of those guys. One of those guys. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like a Robert Davi uh, yeah. <laughs> type. Yeah.
0: Have you seen the trailer for Robert... Do- this is a sidebar. Have you seen the trailer for Robert Davi's new movie that he directed? Mm. It's called My <laughs> Son Hunter, and it's oh. starring Gina Carano, and it's like a Hunter Biden movie. Mm. So you can imagine. That. Okay. It looks fucking awesome. It looks so it sounds sad. like something I kind of want to see, I want to see it, yeah. yeah. Wherever it's playing, I think we yeah. should go see it, because uh, I really, like... I don't care what random-ass theater we have to go to to find yeah. it. I want to see it. It looks so <laughs> bad. Um, and it's directed by Robert Davi. Oh, cool. Uh, Robert Davi's another one of those guys
1: that I wish I didn't know anything about. his yeah. Personal life you or opinions. Ex- yeah. Just yeah. got to see him as a character actor.
0: Right. Bond villain. You have a yeah. Robert Davi action figure yeah. right up there. Right, right behind me. Sanchez. Uh-huh from, uh, what is that? License to License Kill. License to Kill. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say Thunderball. Um, he, he's great in Die Hard, Robert Dobby. Yeah. yeah. Robert Dobby is a great, great character actor. I always yeah. love when he shows up and stuff. Yeah. I just don't like him as a person. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Adam Baldwin's in this. Obviously he's like a Trump guy, but, like, I don't know, like, probably, like, probably, like, eight years ago at this point, mm-hmm. I, like, thought it'd be a funny idea to just mess with Adam Baldwin on Twitter a bunch. <laughs> and I used to just, like, Send him a bunch of tweets pretending that he was like a member of the Baldwin family, <laughs> like Alec and Steven yeah. and those guys. Yeah, which when
1: I was a kid, I assumed he was. Actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, he probably gets that a lot. Yeah, but I just sent him like a lot of tweets where I was just like, "Hey, do you ever like hang out with your brother Alec?" You know, stupid <laughs> things like that. Sometimes like not actually really that funny, but yeah, <laughs> he I, he blocked me. On, <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter, so that's like one of my one of my. Crowder and, like like, Twitter to fame Yeah, yeah. like, I, I've been blocked by, like, Vanilla Ice. Uh, like, you know, nobody's celebrities, really. Uh, the Minnesota Twins blocked me. That one hurts because I'm a fan of the Minnesota <laughs> Twins. Uh, and I think I deserved that one. If I don't, I don't really remember what happened, but I'm pretty sure I deserved it. But, uh, yeah, Adam Baldwin, uh, uh, he's a dumbass. <laughs> he's very stupid, and, yeah. Uh, he blocked uh, me on Twitter. I haven't really read, looked into any of
1: his opinions, but... Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. You can kind of figure them yeah. out.
0: They're they're pretty much all bad, <laughs> you know? No matter what it what it's about, they're yeah. bad. Uh, and then uh, he doesn't make a movie for 12 years until he makes Eyes Wide Shut, which yep. he dies after he finishes the cut of. His final film. His final film. Yeah. Uh, uh, excellent which, movie. Which is one of
1: the... I think one of the first Kubrick movies I'd seen, I think the first would have had to have been I uh 2001. Mm-hmm. And then maybe my dad showed me Strange Love somewhere in between, but I saw Eyes Wide Shut pretty much when it came out on DVD. Okay. Which I was too young for.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way too in young that for. Movie, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean I my experience with Eyes Wide Shut until like adult you know well into adulthood yeah uh was the trailer with the chris isaac song yeah bad bad thing yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah uh and like i remember that really well like i saw that trailer and some of those like tv spots and stuff a lot um because it was starring like the kind of like counterpoint to like 2001 is this is starring at the time like probably the two biggest movie stars yeah in the world mm-hmm. like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman a married couple a married, a married... who were also married yeah. yeah and like i didn't know at the time that that movie was about anything other than like them kissing or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> like because i didn't know it was about like a whole like sex cult and stuff like that yeah uh, and like masquerade mm-hmm. parties and stuff like that but, like yeah. uh, that movie fucking rules yeah uh, yeah. Best Christmas movie. I would say Probably. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. You know, it's stretch to mm-hmm. call it a Christmas movie, but it's mm-hmm. set at Christmas set at time. Christmas so time. that's your criteria. Yeah. It fits it.
1: A lot of Christmas decorations. Yeah, and the Christmas lights. Uh, yeah,
0: it's also so weird that like, and they talked about this on blank check, so it's not like a wholly original thought of mine. But like, it's so weird that like in. The killing, he like mm. filmed, like in the 50s, he like mm. films on the streets of New York, like real New York. Yeah. yeah. And mm. probably without a permit. Yeah. And then, like, eyes wide shut, he's just like, I'm just going to make my own New York. And, like, that movie's uh, all shot on, like, like a fake London. New York lot in London, London. soundstage, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but, it, I mean, it works for the movie. It works for the movie because,
1: yeah. like, there there is something off about everything in that movie yeah i think intentionally yeah um yeah i saw eyes wide shut yeah when it came out on dvd and i didn't you know i didn't get it entirely at the time because i was like 11 or 12 <laughs> well, i shouldn't not have, it, no. i don't know why i i bought that movie i was allowed to buy that movie
0: <laughs> yeah shame on that store for uh, letting you purchase that
1: Uh, no, my grandma bought it for me. Oh. She was like, you... You did, uh... I think I did well on, like, a test or something. And she was (laughs) like, we went to the warehouse. Pick out a movie. Yeah, we went to the, uh, like, a warehouse. And she's like, yeah, you can buy two movies. And I bought that and I think the whole nine yards, I believe. (laughs) Uh.
0: You fucked up, but, uh, not in the way you might think. (laughs) Uh...
1: And, uh, yeah, so I, I like that movie, like, from the get-go, uh, but the more times I watched it, like, it was just, like, kind of more, uh, transfixed by everything that happens in the movie. Oh,
0: yeah. Nicole Kidman has one of my favorite movie seats, like, of all time in that, like, her monologue yeah. scene mm-hmm. is so good. Where she's
1: stoned. Yeah. 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 And uh, if I stumble upon that movie, like, on cable, which doesn't happen that often because I can't really browse cable anymore. Uh, Oh, and
0: also, like, if that were on cable, that'd be, like, a (laughs) a five-hour block of, uh, of, like, TNT or whatever. Yeah. And uh, edited for TV. Right. It's uh,
1: something I would have to watch, like, straight through. Like, it's just something that I was, like... like,
0: you would start it over, or you would just... Wherever you... uh, Yeah, I was, like, oh,
1: this is what I'll settle on. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. because it's just a hard movie for me to turn off yeah um,
0: uh who, who is all i forget the name of that guy that's also really good in that not sydney pollock um
1: sydney pollock's great yeah in that uh, movie uh
0: the russian guy though why oh
1: he... yeah yeah the shop owner the shop from um uh,
0: yeah that guy's great uh from why from am i like, like on his name uh rade sirbezia yes that. um who's and he's a guy like yeah in, like, you see Mission him around Impossible too mm-hmm. right? famous yeah that that's i think probably what i knew him from yeah uh, smuggling beer
1: into war zone. Sorry. and an ad just came up on dan's phone <laughs> for uh that stupid looking uh
0: best beer run ever movie uh, <laughs> uh but yeah that that guy
1: uh yeah he's he's really good and um like, a ton of people are good in that movie. Todd Field is another director that's in that movie. He's yeah. the piano player.
0: Thomas Gibson in that movie. Thomas
1: Gibson, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, from Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Uh, um, what did Todd Field direct?
1: Uh, Little Children. Oh, and, okay. Um, in the Bedroom. In the Bedroom. And he has a movie, I think it's called... Tar that yeah that comes this out this year. year.
0: Yeah, he hadn't directed a movie since Little Children.
1: Yeah, I think he's only done those three movies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and he was one of the storm chasers in Twister.
0: Cool. As an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also... Uh, never mind. That's not who I thought it was. Never mind. He might about. just
1: look like another guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But No, I thought... So, I saw this briefly, and I thought it was a young James Rebhorn. Do <laughs> you see why I would think that? Yeah, yeah. Like, especially on a smaller image, uh-huh. but it's actually uh Who's that guy? That's not Todd Field. Uh, no, that is...
1: Uh, That's not what's-his-name from uh, Unhappily Ever After.
0: Uh, no, this is a French guy. Oh. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> some guy. It's some guy playing a, a hockey coach. Oh a gosh. hockey player. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's whatever the first small part that Todd Field had as an actor. Oh, okay. It's in that. This part
1: of the podcast is going to make any sense to people <laughs> listening. Yeah,
0: it's called Lance <laughs> et Comte. Okay. Uh, it is like a French-Canadian uh, movie about an NHL player. <laughs> made gotcha. for TV or TV show. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, very cool stuff. Great podcast material.
1: (laughs) Well, Top Field is an actor and director that doesn't act or direct that often.
0: Good for him. Yeah, I mean that's that's like
1: actor-wise, I only know him from Twister and Eyes Wide Shut, and he's only directed those three movies.
0: Yeah, and he acts. He reacted a lot more in the in like like that time period. Yeah, nineties. He hasn't acted since two thousand five, and it was something called. The second front mm. which is a movie with uh, ron perlman mm. has a 3.9 out of 10 so i'm thinking that straight to video uh okay weird that he did that movie as an actor after in the bedroom after he made that yeah before he made little children right because both of those movies were like very well received by critics yeah Strange, strange career, Todd yeah. Field. I'd
1: seen, I'd seen both of his movies, and
0: he's back with Tar. But
1: I've never, I obviously haven't seen that because it's not out yet.
0: Right. Tar with Kate uh, Blanchett, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that got pretty good reviews. That was, a, I was, I, I didn't know he directed it, but I was yeah. reading reviews of that at like it was at a festival, right? Was that like Toronto? I yeah. think Toronto or uh, Venice, one of those two. Yeah, were they? give their, like, fucking 40-minute ovations Mm -hmm. for, like, did you... (laughs) So, like, it it went viral, but, like, that Aronofsky movie, The Whale... Fraser. Yeah, Yeah. like, he he got that huge ovation, and that Mm -hmm. movie, like, got that crazy standing ovation. Uh Uh-huh. And and then, like, all the reviews for that movie came out, and they're like, oh, it's not good. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, well, who are the people giving the standing ovation? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I... I have no
1: idea because I haven't seen it, yeah. but maybe it's more for the performance. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Maybe for Brendan Fraser. Cause yeah everyone everyone likes Brendan Fraser. Yeah. It's possible not to. Like Seems Brendan
1: like Fraser. Yeah, it's not hard.
0: It's look. hard not to root for. Yeah, yeah. Or it's
1: hard hard. Uh, not, yeah, no, it's hard not to root not for. hard not to root for Brendan yeah. Fraser. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, this is like completely unrelated, and you know, it's definitely like not for everybody to hear but uh uh a local repertory theater that we go to often uh is going to be showing the mummy yeah this i want month, to see that which i think we should see
0: i want to see that that's yeah the mummy's awesome uh, yeah the, the mummy one. 99 yeah yeah, yeah the, the mummy
1: one. returns and the one after that are not good the mummy
0: returns is bad but it still has some charm yeah but like obviously then scorpion king and then Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, yeah. our, our dog shit. Yeah, but uh, well, we'll uh, get to Scorpion King on this show. Yeah, mm. it's a 2002. Which really, I'm just, I just like the only reason I'm looking forward to that is so that we can rewatch like the other movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, All right. yeah. I guess we do have to get to the Scorpion King eventually. Yeah. Well, and then Stanley Kubrick dies. So. Uh, yeah,
1: dies. Uh, before Eyes Wide Shut even comes out. Right. Um. And then I was also thinking about this today that he uh, passed away before uh, the sixth sense, the sixth sense even came out, so he probably didn't know who Haley Joel Osment was. Right. So he must not have known that that AI was going to happen. Yeah, and, and that you, that timeline I'm not totally sure about. Like, right. Uh,
0: yeah, and he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would like watch a bunch of screeners if he gets sent them so it's like <laughs> yeah. unlikely that he ever would have seen the Sixth he probably Sense. never saw it yeah because six Sense was a summer of 99 movie right and i mean it, it could have it, maybe he, he saw could it, have but... somehow seen it early i'm sure if yeah. he wanted to but like I, I don't know i mean i don't know what his, what his life was like i know he died in london though so i think he was yeah. living in the uk right uh at the end of his life so he probably never saw that or pay it forward yeah Hmm. interesting to think about sammy Kubrick's never never got never got (laughs) to pay it forward yeah uh or maybe he saw him on that like one walker texas ranger episode yeah
1: or forrest gump
0: oh right yeah he probably saw forrest gump i would assume i i bet he would i bet i bet he didn't like forrest gump but i don't know yeah i don't know I think I've also heard stories of him liking some like weird weird <laughs> stuff that I would have yeah. not guessed. Um, yeah, okay. So he dies. Uh-huh. Uh, R.I.P. And um, I mean I think I think it's it feels safe to assume that that Spielberg kind of Ye- picks this project back up maybe as like a tribute. Yeah. Because
1: um, they it sounded like the two of them talked over the years about each other directing it
0: right
1: i think at one point kubrick was like well this kind of seems like it fits in more with your sensibilities
0: right steven
1: spielberg right uh
0: yeah because the the end i mean uh, so when this movie came out yeah the end of this movie got kind of slammed for yeah. being too sentimental. Uh-huh. And everyone assumed that was Spielberg's touch. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah he finished this uh, this unfinished Stanley Kubrick project. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, I remember, like, the dialogue that yeah. people had about this movie uh-huh. pretty well at the time. Yeah. It was uh,
1: a meeting of Kubrick and Spielberg. Right, and, yeah.
0: and I think people just assumed that, oh, Spielberg did all the sentimental shit. And, yeah. And, and, like, Kubrick was all the, like, weird the dystopian dark dark yeah um but in actuality i think the thing is is kubrick basically wrote like the beginning and the end of this movie yeah and, and all the like all the like city shit with like gigolo joe and stuff like that right and like the middle the, the weird the, dirt bike stuff yeah the flesh fitter yeah that's all spielberg yeah which that's like really? him filling yeah. in the blanks i mean maybe not like uh-huh. exactly you know I mean, maybe yeah. not like like he just did this whole middle section itself yeah. but like it does seem that like he was more uh-huh. he had more of an influence on that yeah the, the original bones or whatever of kubrick's like uh-huh. long-held idea or whatever was the beginning yeah of the I,
1: yeah i did read that like on the imdb trivia that spielberg gave some interview where he was like you know contrary to popular belief i added the darker touches Mm -hmm. and stanley did the 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 sweeter stuff right which Uh, makes
0: sense why kubrick would think it was a better fit for spielberg as a director
1: but i thinking about it i don't know if i really think that the i mean the middle stuff is you know it's not not dark but it's also yeah but the the end is like pretty bleak i mean one could you know think of it as being kind of sentimental but it's also like kind of
0: bleak yeah yeah it is it is it's kind of like it's like a uh, it's like a classic like bittersweet kind of ending where it's Uh, like It's like, oh, it seems kind of nice. But Uh, then also, it's like, oh, this also seems, like, horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the the best stuff in the movie, for me, is, like, the beginning portion of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's at home and they're getting, you know, they're getting used to the idea of Mm -hmm. having him. And then the other brother comes home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, that's... Mm-hmm. this movie feels less than the sum of its parts to me because it feels like three different movies to me yeah and I know like kind of the point like is that, is, that it's like episodic it's like an odyssey or yeah. whatever you know like he's encountering all these uh-huh. different characters know, yeah. colorful or whatever um but like it doesn't flow super well to me even yeah. still I was wondering like because you and I talked about this before recording like mm-hmm. We both kind of felt like the same way we felt about it then, which yeah. is that it's like our, oh, it's, it's okay. It's like good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like
1: I bought it on, I liked it when I saw it in theaters, I bought it on DVD and then I hadn't seen it for 20 years right? and then same. rewatched it this morning Same, and it's
0: good. It's good. Not great. No. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I, a lot of people love this movie. I That's something I didn't really know. Um, yeah. But I was, like, reading a bunch of reviews on, like, Letterboxd, yeah. mostly. But, like, a lot of people I follow, like, gave this movie, like, five stars. And I'm yeah. like, I wish... Like, I don't feel that way. I mean, I, I I I could see how someone would, I guess. But, like, I wish that I saw that movie in mm-hmm. what I saw. But I, to me, it, it still just feels, like, too disjointed. And it does feel, like, too kind of different filmmakers yeah. collaborating. You mm-hmm. know, like like when two musicians like put on Now together, uh, sometimes it's like, oh, this is just the worst of both worlds. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Because I think it's like pretty good in yeah. spite of its like flaws for me. Um, but it, it it still feels like this is neither as good as what a full Kubrick version mm-hmm. would have been or even a full Spielberg version. Yeah. Been.
1: Yeah. The beginning and the end definitely feel uh, like thematically connected and like bookends mm-hmm. and uh, to me feel like part of the same movie. But yeah, the middle stuff to me felt uh, like it didn't like kind of fit in thematically with the beginning and the end. I think
0: there's a lot of stuff in the middle stuff that like would work better as like a short sequence Uh like you know what i mean like we could have just seen him like in all of these different places almost Mm -hmm. like a montage or something like yeah and you could have had the beginning stuff and the end Mm -hmm. stuff and it still would have had mostly the same impact Uh and like like this it could have been like a 90 minute movie or whatever like yeah um and like
1: and it goes like the little sections in the middle go on like a little too long like yeah. the stuff in the woods. The, I, I don't
0: like the Brennan Gleason stuff.
1: Yeah, um, the flesh fair.
0: Yeah, I don't. I that all felt corny. The dirt bikes and stuff like that. <laughs> like it, it, it feels very much. And like Ministry. That's I was gonna band? say that. I was. I was gonna say
1: who, between Spielberg and Kubrick, who do you think uh, it was? The uh, whose idea do you think it was to have Ministry be in the movie? I mean,
0: that feels like like, a guy like Spielberg, like, telling, like, an, an intern or a producer uh-huh. or someone, like, well, what's a, what's a band that, uh-huh. uh, like, implies, like, yeah, uh, sci-fi <laughs> shittiness or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't really know how to describe it, but, yeah. like, that, I, it feels like a band that, like, someone presented Spielberg with some options and uh-huh. they just played him and he's like, he's like, oh, this sounds like dark future music to uh-huh. me. Uh, it was actually Kubrick. Was it? Yeah. He, uh,
1: I guess, uh, uh, I mean, this is all, again, according to IMDB trivia, but, uh, heard, uh, somebody working on the set of Eyes Wide Shut playing Ministry, really (laughs) liked it, and, uh, called up, uh, Al Jorgensen, Mm -hmm. and was like, do you want to be in this movie? Uh, AI, and he thought it was a joke, and, like, hung up. Al
0: Jorgensen. (laughs) It's funny so i guess then maybe some of it had to have still been like in the works when kubrick was kubrick still, was still attached yeah. yeah uh
1: well yeah i think in the 90s for sure like he had gone as far as to uh designing the uh visual concepts because mm. i think he had like chris cunningham involved who you know you know him from like a bunch of music videos and Mm-hmm. he i think uh funny funnily enough uh had done art design on judge dread with stallone which kubrick had seen <laughs> and he liked and thought like oh you should be on the ai okay project
0: <laughs> yeah i mean so that's what I'm, i've heard other stories of kubrick like i don't know maybe he didn't like that judge dread as a movie but, but like visual but like elements. yeah i've heard like some funny stories of him being like oh i liked this and i'm just like that movie's a turd why <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> yeah but uh, uh,
1: uh interesting so yeah he uh, brought ministry into it okay all right
0: uh, uh, uh yeah that's cool i guess uh
1: so yeah that's the the flesh fair stuff i guess we could like quickly talk about the beginning of the movie and what leads us to that point um so it you know it takes place in the near future um Um, yeah
0: yeah Yeah, i don't i don't know if it uh, it doesn't specifically say yeah but but it's
1: close to you know where we're at yeah yeah
0: i mean and and also like it's uh, it's also like you know, like, oh, the ice caps have melted and uh-huh. shit like that, like, at yeah. least in the original story. I don't I don't remember if they mentioned that much in the movie. Yeah, that's how the movie opens. Yeah, okay, it's, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, you, as soon as, like, the movie William starts, Hurt. yeah, you yeah.
1: hear, like, waves crashing and it yeah. cuts to the ocean. Right. So, so it's like Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's not that, it's funny <laughs> that uh, it's not that uh far fetched of a future. No. Obviously they go <laughs> a lot further with like the robotics and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Not that we don't have some weird awesome remember Osimo, the like Disney robot and shit like that. Uh-huh. But um yeah, I mean obviously not that far fetched of a future. So I mean I got I don't know, I bet I bet it's probably actually like now (laughs) it's like when it's supposed to be said or whatever you know 2020 Uh, yeah
1: like or 2022 right yeah Yeah. uh yeah so it starts out uh with a little voiceover from sir ben kingsley explaining Mm -hmm. what the the world situation is with the yeah Climate change and the ice caps melted, and uh, then we meet uh, William Hurt, who plays Dr. Hobby, or Professor right. Hobby.
0: Just recently passed away. Like, uh, right. Yeah.
1: Last year? Last year, yeah. Yeah. We uh, kind of learn that he is a scientist, a designer yeah. of robots, and mm-hmm. uh, he... Like, he that,
0: like, demonstration.
1: Yeah, it's like, a, not a pitch meeting, but he's... Uh, would you say he's kind of like a Steve Jobs type sort yeah, of? But for like a robotics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's like the figurehead of a, sure. of a corporation yeah. that makes these super realistic robot uh-huh. yeah. dolls.
1: And they I don't know if you noticed, but well, in that scene and throughout this whole movie, there's like a lot of actors that are recognizable. Mm-hmm. And definitely in that scene. You got oh, yeah, like this Clark week. Gregg and um Yeah. Uh Ken uh uh ken lung from like rush hour and
0: lost well this movie's also got like a lot of heavy hitters yeah ken lung for sure in like tiny roles too Mm -hmm. yeah because obviously you've got like brennan gleason who who Uh maybe isn't quite famous yet but like famous ish famous ish yeah yeah not Um, so much over here yeah but you've got the voice, the voice acting is kind of what I think of when I think of like this movie. Yeah, but, like, Chris Rock. Because got yeah, that Chris Rock, which that that's a weird uh, <laughs> it's King... the comedian. Yeah, uh, Meryl Streep does a voice She's... Ben Kingsley, mm-hmm. and then uh, Robin Williams is probably the most famous yeah. one. Yeah, because uh, Kingsley is the
1: narrator, but then you at the end you learn that he is uh, one of the robots right from right. the future the uh, distant distant future yeah. yeah
0: Now did you also i'm i'm sure you did but uh-huh. the scene where they hitch a ride to rouge city of course <laughs> you yeah were, you saw who was in that car <laughs> yeah, there are two a, actors worthy of uh yeah car.
1: uh adrian grenier uh-huh. uh uh who I think is credited as, as teen in Van.
0: Yeah, there's three kids credited as teen in yeah. Van. One of them is not a person I've ever heard of. And then the yeah. third one...
1: Uh, from um, Roseanne.
0: Yeah, Michael yeah. Fishman. Michael Fishman. Yeah, from Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very funny to see Adrian Grenier from uh, yeah. Entourage in that scene. Yeah. And then, and then it's just
1: like... But they were both like well-known people at that point right because
0: yeah, i mean yeah, he was, was, a, was a huge fan, yeah so people and, would have known him
1: uh and uh adrian Gren, grenier or grenier
0: Green, I, I think grenier but I, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know uh
1: he was in the yeah, melissa drive, joan hart movie driving crazy yeah yeah,
0: yeah that, when that came out same year or the year before right
1: somewhere around i think before ai yeah but somewhere around that this feels time. like an
0: early 2001 movie yeah or uh,
1: very late nineties, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of people in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah. Clark yeah. Gregg, and um, that was ninety
0: nine. Yeah, uh, yeah, young Clark Gregg. Uh, let's see some other people that stood out to me. Brent Sexton is in this movie. He's mm-hmm. a guy that you might recognize if you saw him.
1: Um, yeah, is he? Is he one of the? This is kind of a deep cut, but one of the passengers from
0: Flight Plan. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys on the plane. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, he is. I
1: forgot about that. <laughs> like one of the like kind of racist uh, mm-hmm. guys on the on the plane.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's like a TV guy, but uh-huh. he's also in like. Vanilla Sky, I think. Small role. I don't, I don't, know. don't know if I remember that. I don't remember from the. I think I just remember him from, the, from, I I remember just... him from Flight Plan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also remember him from Bosch.
1: Oh, okay. And like other TV. He's shows a Bosch actor. Assume. He's a yeah. Bosch
0: actor. Yeah. Um, there's also let's see, uh, Enrico Colantoni. Enrico, Enrico Colantani shows, shows up, up in this. Is
1: the the murderer guy?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, another actor who. Not an actor I know by name, but, like, you just know his face. Matt Winston.
1: Who's Matt Winston? That guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. From Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. The pageant <laughs> guy. The pageant guy. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then... Uh, a guy
1: who I always, like, assumed was a Mad TV guy, but <laughs> yeah. it is not. But he just
0: kind of looks like Michael McDonald. He looks
1: like Michael McDonald and a guy that would be on Mad TV.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he wasn't. Whatever. Uh Yeah uh also uh in this movie is paula malcolmson from like deadwood who's trixie yeah from deadwood. Uh-huh. she plays uh well like Jigolo joe Jigolo joe's like first client right yeah um
1: the woman that's afraid to
0: uh, indulge yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah and she uh I feel bad for her. Her her name was misspelled in the credits for this movie. Oh, really? So, yeah. They, like, added an extra L into Malcolmson. Ah. uh, Because it's M-A-L-C-O-M-S-O-N. And they added it M-A-L-C-O-L-M-S-O-N. Oh, okay. uh So, I mean, that's gotta gotta feel shitty. Oh, yeah. I'm in this movie. And they also got the spelling of my name wrong. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the majority of the one. I mean, yeah. there's a couple other smaller guys. Yeah. Like, uh, um, this guy, Matt Malloy, uh, like Phil Collins looking guy. Uh, yeah, it looks like, like Phil shows Collins. Up and stuff.
1: Also looks a little like Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I can't. What was he in
0: AI? He was, uh,. He is credited as Robot Repair Man.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, one yeah. Of the guys he was
0: fixing him when he gets like spinach. When he gets in his
1: spinach, body. yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. So it's in the near future. Uh, we basically meet this family that is kind of experiencing a loss of sorts, like their son. They think he's dying. Yeah. But it ultimately turns out that he's not dying. So, uh, wh- what's the actress's name again?
0: Frances Conroy from Frances Bedazzled. Conroy from
1: Bedazzled and Mansfield Park.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Her and Sam Robards are a married couple. And their son is dying, or so they think. Uh, so they decide to adopt an android. Mm-hmm.
0: Bizarre jump to make before your son's actually dead. <laughs> Before
1: he's actually dead, yeah. Right. But that's, like, Sam Robards, his character's call. Yeah, he's... Just kind of surprises... Francis Conroy's character. Right. Monica.
0: Yeah, which is a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Uh, like, even if it was a real child, like you were <laughs> yeah. adopting a real child, yeah. you don't fucking do that. It's that's like, terrible. Here, here he is.
1: Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's this boy that was designed by William Hurt's character, and right. he's designed to love and feel certain emotions and feel pain, and then you know 30 minutes into the movie it turns out that their son is not dying mm-hmm. and he returns home which shakes things up mm-hmm. and yeah that kid's a little
0: piece of shit in this he story, is a right? piece of shit yeah <laughs> that kid's awful i mean granted he's a little kid but like yeah. kids act out in uh-huh. strange ways sometimes yeah. obviously but like yeah that kid
1: that kid that kid's a real <laughs> asshole <laughs> yeah that kid i don't know the actor's name but he was on even not even stevens uh lizzie mcguire one of those like disney shows
0: from that time jake thomas uh yeah lizzie mcguire lizzie
1: mcguire
0: yeah uh yeah and he kind of uh,
1: yeah is like a piece of shit to uh Haley joel osmond's character david mm-hmm. the robot and kind of tricks him into doing certain things. Like what does he do? He uh, tricks him into cutting a lock of hair off the mom while she's sleeping.
0: Yeah. And and, and I guess we should say too that like at that, at that point in the movie, the mom has, they've shifted. Yeah. The dad's a lot more skeptical of David despite being the, the motivator for getting Mm -hmm. him. And then the, Francis Conroy has yeah. definitely adapted. She, she was to,
1: originally like,
0: you know, this is a get little that soon.
1: Freak He's out here, weird. Yeah. He's a robot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then she learns to kind of love him a little bit. Right. Yeah. 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 I did kind of breeze through some of it because I was trying to get to the middle uh, of the Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We, we can't. <laughs> I,
0: just, I just think that's important to yeah, say yeah. because the way it goes. Yeah. So... Yeah, so the, the kid's alive, he comes home, and mm-hmm. he, he's like a holy terror, and yeah, convinces him to cut off like a lock of her hair, which the dad sees him with scissors, and is like, mm-hmm. what are you gonna kill my wife, or whatever? Yeah. And, um... Um... Uh, and, and then, then that, he um, that weird spinach eating
1: contest. Yeah, he you know basically, uh, Which, again, pressures uh, David
0: into eating a bunch of spinach. Yeah, and that <laughs> th- that he doesn't stop when they're telling him to stop too. That kid's yeah. such a little fucking asshole. Uh-huh. The real son, <laughs> the real son. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and he also um, co- um, presents uh, the book Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. to you know has Francis Conroy read it to him and David knowing that it would you know I think he assumes that it will kind of make David feel uh, bad about himself because he's not a real boy
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: but David ends up actually kind of connecting with it right and obviously AI the movie is basically Pinocchio
0: yeah which it's Uh, interesting that we're talking about it right when the that terrible looking uh robert zemeckis oh, yeah. live there's action was a new pinocchio <laughs> yeah, yeah that looks so Which bad. i'll never see no no it's it went straight to disney plus so yeah. that's another reason i'll never see it yeah. but uh uh it must
1: it not looks... have been a lot of confidence in that movie if it went well, straight to disney plus. so did
0: the witches because Ra- i think a lot of people don't even remember that robert zemeckis remade the witches like two years ago and it went straight to Disney plus yeah he remade the witches he did yeah yeah the angelic he it says like uh uh Anne Hathaway in it mm. it's supposed to be very bad yeah um Robert Zemeckis bizarre career yeah that's we we'll get to that I, mm-hmm. I assume we'll talk about him at some well we're definitely will because we're going to do back, back to the futures at least at the yeah end of the Year. yeah but uh I'm sure we'll talk about him some other time. Yeah, but, we'll we'll talk to Mechis at some point. Fucking bizarre director, that guy.
1: Yeah. Um uh So where we're we? okay, with so with the plot. Yeah, so the uh, the kid uh is a, a pretty big jerk to David and the there's a scene after the spinach eating contest where it's the kid's birthday what's the kid's name the character name martin
0: martin yeah
1: Yeah. uh it's his birthday he's got some friends over at the house and they're having like a little pool party and the the kids are like kind of mean to david and they're uh like asking if Uh, he can, can, like, feel pain and stuff like that. And they're like, well, let's do a test. And one of them, uh, like, stabs him with... That
0: kid's a psycho. (laughs) He stabs
1: David with a knife. Or pokes him with a knife.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he goes to... Oh, wait, does he actually do it? Or does he just start to and then... Oh, I thought he actually
1: uh, poked him. He might. Yeah, he might. that startled David because he could feel pain. So he, like, freaked out and grabbed Martin. And they fall in the pool. Uh, and Martin is obviously still recovering from whatever illness he had. Yeah. And he can't be underwater. Right.
0: Uh. So why throw that kid a pool party?
1: Bad idea. (laughs) Bad (laughs) bad idea. Uh, yeah, cover the pool up. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he pulls the kid into the pool, but that's mostly because David is, you know, scared. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, kid almost drowns because of this. And th- that's basically the catalyst for uh, Monica and her husband deciding to get rid of David. They're like, he's too dangerous. We got to take him back to the factory. The New Jersey cybernetics company or whatever it's called. So uh, Monica says to David all right we're gonna go for a little drive this day just you and i and
0: it'll... that's a great scene when uh, she g- gets rid of him. yeah not like a fun scene but uh-huh. like, like just like i think like when i think of the stuff that works in this movie like mm-hmm. all of the all of the stuff leading up to that and that scene yeah are to me what works the best the, it. it's like the, the most the interesting stuff with stuff. the family
1: yeah yeah I think Definitely. that's like the
0: most unique kind of area that you could explore mm-hmm. for this story.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and then she has to get rid of him and she, but she knows that if she takes him back to the company that he's going to get junked or, you know, de-wiped de- or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So instead of taking him back, she decides to let him run free in the woods like an animal. Weird.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you arrive there. But, but if she
1: doesn't let him loose, then there won't be his adventures. The real
0: Sophie's choice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. and then that's when the movie kind of has a pretty jarring tonal shift. Yeah, that's like, when everything feels very cohesive visually, mm-hmm. and then and then it gets much more wild. Which yeah. I mean, I guess. They're supposed to, like, live in a nice house in the suburbs yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, then you start getting into, the, like, grimier underbellies of society. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rouge City. Yeah. And this movie, I uh, just something I noticed, but, like, I, I, I don't, I didn't remember it at the time. Uh-huh. I'm sure maybe I noticed it at the time, but I didn't remember it over the last, like, you know, couple decades. Uh-huh. But, like, this movie has so similar of a visual style to Minority Report. Yeah. Like, Um, obviously, same director and then mm -hmm. same cinematographer. It's Spielberg's guy, Janis Kaminsky. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, it has this very similar... not, Not all the sets and stuff like that, but, like, this, like, kind of, like, heavy film grain look to it. Which I think looks really cool. Yeah. With, like, this bright lighting uh-huh yeah like it, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly but there's a they have a very similar visual style i,
1: I did notice the grain like as soon as it started and i didn't remember that from yeah. before yeah yeah and uh, certain other things about the movie like the technology some of it kind of reminded me of minority report yeah like when the future robots were um kind of reading the memories in david's head and they were scanning through it on whatever device they had like the flashes of that kind of reminded me of the precog stuff mm-hmm. in minority report yeah uh yeah so i do i definitely notice some similarities uh but yeah so once she lets david out into the woods that's when like she
0: lets him out with teddy too. with teddy talking yes teddy the bear. talking teddy bear Who that got? I don't. I I really like Teddy's. Like probably one of my favorite. Teddy's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy who like voiced that, like I expected that to be like a bigger star, but I think he was just like a voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool because Mm -hmm. he was good and he has like he has like a very like interesting. It doesn't sound you're like oh how would you think a talking teddy bear would sound in a movie? Yeah. And you would think goofier. And he just sounds like... Like Robin Williams or something. Yeah, right. And he just sounds like kind of like an old guy. And that's just because yeah. he was.
1: Uh, yeah, a little more monotone mm-hmm. than you'd think. Kind of similar to Hal from 2001. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like the Teddy character.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So when David is kind of let loose in the woods, that's when the it kind of starts to become more of an episodic movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's yeah. when you meet uh it jumps to gigolo Joe pretty much right at the, you know, end of that act. Right. Like at the fifty minute mark or whatever. Yeah. And uh gigolo Joe and Gigolo Jean. Uh huh. <laughs> I like Gigolo Joe. Uh
0: I, I don't yeah. know if
1: you know a lot of super interesting stuff happens with his character but i do like no, jude Law as uh, gigolo joe and yeah i like I the character
0: yeah right i also i mean it was also good it was it was a good character for jude law at that time because that was like the start of jude law the movie star mm-hmm. in that kind of brief window when he was yeah. like a megastar or whatever right and like that's an it's an interesting character compared to like just being like a pretty boy or Yeah. Obviously, like, he has to be pretty for the role, Uh but, like... Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm... There's ideas in this middle portion of the movie that I think are interesting and would Mm -hmm. make their own interesting movie. Yeah. But... But kind of lumped in with the
1: rest of AI? I don't know. Yeah, to me, like, basically... Doesn't
0: quite gel. Until you get to the the end, which is what people hated about this movie at the time, like... Mm -hmm until you get to the end a lot of that feels yeah i could take it or leave it i mean like some of it's interesting on its own but like when it's bookended by what it's bookended Mm -hmm. with it doesn't work for me all that much yeah it's like i don't know so you see gigolo joe yeah we meet
1: him learn that he you know he's a a robot sex worker and uh he gets uh framed Framed, frame frame for a murder of one of his clients by the one and only enrico colantani yeah (laughs) the one and only (laughs) the one and only uh yeah because uh i mean i like that that stuff isn't you know super belabored like you just you know learn pretty much right away that he's the husband of one of his clients and he murdered his wife because he found out about it and you know that stuff happens pretty quickly and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of time spent on it and that's why gigolo joe ends up on the lamb and runs into david uh when david is uh he's in the woods kind of by the cybernetics company and there's like a trash dump that's happening yeah. of old robot parts and
0: mm-hmm. uh well and then uh what's his name brennan gleason yeah swoops in with their like because blimp thing or whatever his <laughs> moon blimp or whatever that
1: is yeah yeah the, that stuff i wasn't crazy That's, about no That's i don't like little. any of
0: that it's a little too like like yeah. oh look at all these ideas we've got yeah like and then seems the more BMX like next riders with different yeah. colors and stuff like that yeah
1: some of that stuff seems more like something out a hook
0: yeah but yeah a little, and maybe maybe now knowing that it's like yeah. oh spielberg did come up with this i can tell
1: yeah uh, <laughs> yeah like in that interview or whatever he was like yeah i came up with the dark stuff like like oh yeah that's the, the shit middle he likes <laughs> <laughs> or at least i know yeah. it. yeah <laughs> um but yeah so uh brandon gleason's character is this uh uh, he hates robots, I guess. Right? He's a robot-hating uh, guy who who kind of like picks up old robots that aren't registered or yeah. you know they're you know that he can just take and for his uh, for the flesh fair,
0: right? Which is like yeah. a like a sort of <laughs> like a car, not a carnival, like a uh, I, I kind of uh, like a. Like kind of motorcycle look, rally it kind of
1: reminded me in terms of like vibe as like a monster truck rally crossed yeah. with a uh like a not scary farm uh like show yeah yeah <laughs> uh at least from like the the like early 2000s like a yeah. not scary farm uh uh like character show <laughs>
0: yeah halloween horror nights. halloween horror nights yeah yeah uh, um yeah and it's that's that's like, when ministry comes into that's it that's where ministry comes into it which that makes sense uh-huh. uh and that's it's just basically like it's a show for like people that hate robots and just like watch them get yeah like blown or just want to or... see
1: like destruction yeah yeah, yeah like people well, like monster truck rallies you
0: see, you see that like That weird Chris Rock robot, like loaded into a cannon and shot against the fence, basically. Uh, Like I now that was when, like I, I'm at this point, I'm just like, I can see why I don't really care for this movie all that much, actually. Yeah. Like because I think before that, like all the earlier stuff, I'm like, oh, this is better than I remember. Yeah. And then you get to some of the middle part stuff, and I'm just like, okay, no, never Mm -hmm. mind.
1: (laughs) Right. Um. Yeah, and then um, somebody notices David because he looks like a child that's about to be, you know, murdered yeah. in this circus show.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, Teddy Teddy is like put into a lost and found bin <laughs> yeah. by some guy. Yeah, who just like works there, I guess, or whatever. Uh-huh. And then like a little girl finds s- Teddy. finds Teddy because yeah. Teddy escapes from the lost and found bin and is going to find David. Yeah and then teddy kind of leads her to david
1: yeah and, uh, and she is the daughter of the stage manager of the uh cool flesh job. Fair. yeah
0: cool job yeah it's like a producer
1: <laughs> yeah and i don't know if you recognize that guy oh. uh i looked up his name earlier but i can't remember now but he is the guy that uh played the hitman from state of play and i always thought that
0: guy looked like john Hamm. oh okay Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen State of Play in a while. I I do think State of Play is a fun fun little throwback thriller. But yeah, yeah, he's the assassin from State of Play. Okay, hmm. that guy. I, maybe I'm due for a rewatch. <laughs> I do own that movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh,
1: his name's like Barresi or something like that. Uh,
0: but, uh, I
1: don't know. I don't remember. But anyhow, he's the like the stage manager of the Flesh Fair. It's brought to his attention that there's some. Buddy that looks like a a young boy that's locked up, you know, that's about to be, uh, you know, made a part of this, this show to where he's going to be
0: killed and have acid poured on him, um... Oh yeah, he totally is the assassin from State of Play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he does look like John Ham too. <laughs> he lo- I think he looks a lot like John Ham. <laughs> yeah, probably like a less less attractive John Ham. Unfortunate than Michael Baresi, <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah, yeah. But anyhow, yeah that uh, that guy, his character, um, you know he he notices David and he he's like, well, are you a boy or are you a robot and And he's, he I think he wants to like pull him out of the flesh fair, but Brendan Gleason's like, no, he stays. Right. Yeah. And we're going to have acid poured on him (laughs) for everybody to, to watch. The hoot and holler. Uh, but then like the, the crowd is disturbed, I think by.
0: Right. I mean, because he is the most realistic robot that they had ever seen because he's such a high end robot.
1: In the world of this movie, he's a pretty novel creation yeah
0: yeah because the rest of the robots are like junkers at this place right yeah for the most part gigolo joe is like seemingly pretty high quality too compared to yeah compared to like
1: well he's only on the run because
0: he no he's there
1: because he's you know on the run
0: no i i I know i know but i'm just mean like in terms of like the robotics quality like a lot of those ones are are super beat up or like very obvious robot looking yeah maybe we're I'm supposed to assume that they're just like older models that yeah. I guess were thrown out because I
1: I think you're supposed to assume they're either like uh like really old and they've had to like scrounge for parts like you know some of them like have parts that look like they're like a hodgepodge of different robots yeah. um like that guy that I don't know if he was like a military robot or but his head is like a TV screen
0: yeah yeah, some of the design on some of those was, like, kind of interesting, and then some of the other ones little was, like, like oh, alright. A little, like, something out of, like, small soldiers. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
1: or <Horror. laughs> Uh, like... It's,
0: again, it's just, like, too many ideas.
1: Yeah, and...
0: Yeah. A little too busy. I think it would have been cooler if, like, the robots had, like, more of, a, almost, like, a uniform quality, like, in, like, something like iRobot or whatever. Yeah. And, like, then David stands out because he's such a unique looking uh, humanistic creation as yeah. opposed to like
1: or if they just look like
0: old people. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: he stood out because he was a young boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's the the flesh fair section. Uh, that's
0: the worst part of the movie to me. It gets uh, a little more interesting when they like they travel to Rouge City
1: but uh yeah and that isn't like a huge chunk of the movie right they go to rouge city uh adrian grenier gives them a lift to rouge city yeah uh and that's right. where the promise they... of
0: sex with robots yeah
1: uh right uh and the most important thing that happens there is they go to see dr no right
0: yeah who's robin williams voiced
1: by robin williams who's just like a google basically
0: Yeah, yeah. his ass Jeeves or whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, because David is convinced that the Blue Fairy from Pinocchio, it might be real, and, you know, he's trying to find the Blue Fairy to, in the hopes that the Blue Fairy will be able to turn him into a real boy, therefore, uh, his mom will love him more. Mm. Uh... So, yeah, they go to Rouge City, talk to Dr. No, who's voiced by Robin Williams, and uh, what ha- what happens in that scene? Like, they ask him a bunch of questions, and he eventually points David to Dr. So, Hobby.
0: Dr. Hobby, which is a yeah. goofy name. Dr. Hobby. Dr. Hobby. <laughs> uh, just sounds like the name of, like, a store that would sell, like, model trains or something. <laughs> um yeah so he yeah. points at, and then that's when he finds out what he is I guess yeah right like he sees the copies of himself and right. stuff right
1: yeah so after Dr. N- the Dr. No scene the they're like in, at Ru- like in Rouge City like on the streets and the police show up because they have found Jude Law who's wanted for murder and mm-hmm. uh, that's when David uh, jacks a uh helicopter <laughs> that scene an amphibicopter is uh, it's yeah, called yeah uh, that scene's not great yeah.
0: I don't think and there's like goofy music playing yeah <laughs> yeah David flying that thing and Teddy being like this isn't a toy David or whatever yeah. I don't that's know that's definitely like where I got a little lost
1: not lost like confused but lost right. like uh, you, that the I movie lost you yeah, yeah. um yeah, so David Jacks the the helicopter, and uh, they they know that they're looking for Doctor Hobbies, so they go to Manhattan to his building, Doctor Hobbie's the company. Yeah, that's <coughs> where he realizes that where he came from, and he sees all the other David's. Right, and then he tries to kill himself. Yeah, he, he like, jumps off a building. Yeah, he realizes. And what reason are we supposed to think that he
0: just falls off the building that he uh, decides to kill himself I think because he realizes that he's not ever gonna be a real boy yeah or whatever that he that that he is this creation and not actually yeah not actually something unique or interesting that he won't get what he Right. wants which is the love of his mother. yeah because Dr. No also like tells him a bunch of like tells him about Pinocchio right and like fairy tales doesn't he isn't yeah. that like kind of like what he he like he kind of like ruins the blue fairy for him a little bit um sort of I think it, he's
1: still like kind of holding out at the possibility that, mm-hmm. that he will find something that will make him a real boy um but yeah the the William Hurt scene is kind of kind of crushes those Mm -hmm. those dreams (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you thought this but did you think it would be kind of funny if uh, if like you didn't see William Hurt throughout the whole movie and then when he finally does like you know they just maybe like show like jesus joey. <laughs> he, exactly just, he just does the history of like you just character. like maybe see like uh the silhouette of william hurt yeah. or something and then like you finally it's revealed that it's william hurt and then it turns out it's his character from a history of violence well, we should
0: we should do a fan edit of this movie that removes <laughs> the first scene and then just edits david into the jesus joey <laughs> that's such a I hesitate to call it a powerhouse performance because it's a pretty over the top performance, but it's such it's like a memorable
1: Kind of goofy and kind of great.
0: Yeah. It's like the only thing from History of Violence that I care for because I, I don't <laughs> like that movie. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Joey. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I I, thought that would be cool if he showed up as that character. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be a great. (laughs) That's what Doctor Hobby (laughs) Hobby sounded
0: like. Yeah, I watch that scene on YouTube somewhat regularly. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's like a supercut of just his, yeah, his lines that you can find on YouTube. Uh, Uh, Yeah. So so after
0: like what what
1: happens? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, after that i think we're basically at the end right because jude law gets uh taken prisoner or you know killed or whatever uh uh the the cops show up again and he's kind of sucked up uh by a magnet mm-hmm. right and he's yeah. captured by the police and that's the last you see of gigolo joe right uh and what's his last line he's like Uh, he says like, I was, I am, or something like that. I don't (laughs) remember. It's something like that. It's like an incomplete sentence. Um, yeah. But anyhow, yeah, he gets sucked up uh, by a magnet and that's the end of Jigglo Joe. Right. And he, uh, as Jude Law is being, you know, before he's kind of taken away, he hits the submerge button on the amphibicopter so teddy and david are you know not you know they're not captured by the police they they are submerged and they're still in new york i hate that we're just saying amphibicopter. uh i don't know if we made it clear but new york is underwater at this point right yeah um so they the amphibicopter sinks to the bottom of
0: the the water which is new york that's where he like sees the blue fairy yeah yeah. he figure Uh, that looks like there is
1: some kind of an underwater or like an amusement park yeah uh where there's like a pinocchio uh exhibit or something yeah i don't is there anything like that in new york i don't know uh coney island maybe i don't I don't know. Uh,
0: Maybe it's not, is it specifically meant to be Pinocchio or is it just supposed to be some?
1: Like... Yeah, no, I think you see okay. like a Geppetto statue. Okay. Down
0: there. Um, um, yeah. And sure. he sees the blue fairy statue and he like asks it to turn him into a real boy basically until he, his battery dies. Right.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, The yeah, the amph- amphibicopter, uh, <laughs> gets stuck down there. Uh, because the there's like a Ferris wheel that falls on the amphibicopter <laughs> and yeah, David and Teddy get stuck down there and it, yeah, David is just is repeatedly asking the blue fairy to help him. Yeah. And then uh some time passes and we learn it's like two thousand years. We learn from a voiceover, Ben Kingsley, uh his voiceover that two thousand years have passed. Humanity's and dead. All the humans are dead. Uh, Very cool. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we learn that all that's left are robots. Like evolved mechas. Yeah, that look like aliens, basically. Yeah. Um, And... They, you know, Which I
0: guess those would be like unfinished robots or whatever, like the bones of a robot or whatever. You know, you know what I mean. No. Like they don't have like the skin grafting or something on them. Yeah. Well, I, I, know,
1: yeah. I guess I kind of just assumed that they were like, at some point down the line, robots started designing robots. And right. That's yeah. what they wanted them yeah, to look like. I guess yeah. there's no need for them to look like humans because yeah. the humans are gone. Yeah. Uh. So they uh the the robots from the distant future have developed a pretty big interest in humans Mm -hmm. Uh, and i guess we're supposed to assume that they have maybe been looking for somebody like david or just found david right and discovered that he was around during human times Mm -hmm. and uh hope to learn something from him so they excavate david
0: yeah they revive him
1: uh yeah and david is still holding on to you know being turned into a real boy and wants to get the love of his mother and the robots from the future give him that yeah uh but just from the exposition we learn that uh he can only be with his mother for one day mm-hmm. uh, because the uh, the robots have what they they use the strand of her her hair they use the the strand, strand of her hair to bring her back. That's what they call it, foreshadowing. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> Ke- Teddy kept the the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy is the real MVP. Yeah. Um, I was gonna go on to explain like how they bring her back and how it's related to like the whole space time continuum like they're they're like bringing her back for only like 24 hours Mm -hmm. Uh, and then she dies because that's the longest that they can bring human back for Mm -hmm. Uh, and david's like yeah let's do it and that's it they they spend a day together
0: david falls asleep too david falls
1: asleep when the day is over i guess we're supposed to assume david dies dies or just shuts off or did what he
0: well he says something like where the dreams are made or something like that, and then like i guess he's gonna remember that day for the rest of his yeah whatever is his existence is after this right uh, yeah it's like it's funny because like on the surface it is pretty saccharine like oh he gets to bring his mom back and see her again and she tells him how much she loves him but it is yeah. actually like kind of dark
1: it's pretty dark like yeah. I would argue to say that that stuff is much darker and more existentially horrifying than the middle stuff which yeah. I'm assuming is the Spielberg touches like which is like the flesh fair robots being slaughtered it's
0: interesting because spielberg does a similar thing Mm -hmm. in minority report as the middle portion of this movie where it feels very like like you meet all these oddball characters in the future and Mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah but much more successfully than i think the middle portion of this movie yeah i think like in minority report it all works pretty well right and maybe it's because he has such a Defined like style throughout the whole movie or whatever. Yeah, and this is trying to be like a lot of different things to mm-hmm. show the diversity or whatever of the future. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, just not successful middle portion. I, it's funny because probably in two thousand one, I would have said, oh, I didn't like the ending or whatever, just because I would have read people saying, oh, I don't like the yeah sa- sappy Spielberg ending. Uh huh. But like. I I like the bookends of this movie. Yeah, uh,
1: that's I think the best part. Yeah, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in the end's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> All
0: right, here's a question. For you. Yeah, if you could bring back, if you had a strand of their hair, <laughs> uh-huh. you could bring back. Like, I'm not gonna get into like real people just uh-huh. because I don't want this to be like sad but like if you could bring back one dead celebrity <laughs> okay. for a day for a day to hang out with you and just do friendship uh-huh. who would you who would you revive what dead celebrity Walter Matthau Walter Matthau wow without <laughs> without missing a beat okay who would you bring
1: back James Rebhorn <laughs> I was thinking sorry. James sorry. sorry to spoil it no
0: I was thinking James Rebhorn um uh Maybe a guy that we just recently found out passed away. One uh-huh. of our favorite trash cinema uh, auteurs, yeah. Leo Fong. Leo Fong, I'd yeah. love to pick that guy's brain. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That that wouldn't be a final choice. I'm sure I have, like, some uh, heroes or whatever. Yeah. Maybe someone, like, even, like, Kubrick would be a yeah. cool person. to just. I don't know. Kubrick kind of seemed like <laughs> probably not a great guy either, but... Uh...
1: Uh...
0: Maybe like Rebhorn would be cool though. Red horn would be fucking sweet. Yeah, Maybe just just getting Chinese food and I'd be like, <laughs> say the line, and you'd be like, what line? <laughs> and like that throwaway line from the game that you probably don't even remember saying.
1: Best in China Channel.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so that's AI. Yeah, uh, and,
1: uh, you know, and there, I think there's a lot that you can really dig into about the end and what you think it means and Mm -hmm. all that stuff and i think it is like maybe more of an interesting movie to talk about than to actually watch
0: yeah yeah there were definitely stretches of this movie where i was like i'm bored yeah uh most mostly all the stuff in the middle i'm just kind of like which is funny because that's like the much more like visually designed look yeah than the rest Mm -hmm. of the movie. But like the rest of it, seems more interesting to mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah, you. No matter how many like neon lights and shit you mm-hmm. throw in the middle of the movie, it's yeah, it's still less interesting. Yeah,
1: the middle has like the closest thing to set
0: pieces, I guess. Yeah, but um, yeah. What are your final thoughts on AI and grades?
1: Um, uh, I mean, yeah, best? pretty pretty much what I said is that the uh, I prefer the beginning and end to this movie and think that it doesn't quite gel with the middle stuff um i'd probably lean towards something like a low b or b minus on this yeah. i'm thinking a high b minus
0: high b minus okay i'm thinking a low b minus mm-hmm. but um it's not to say like i think it's pretty flawed it's a pretty flawed movie mm-hmm. Um, but I can really see what people would attach themselves to with this movie. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why so- someone would love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's like interesting in spite mm-hmm. of its flaws. Yeah.
1: I think um, you could like talk about what you think the ending of this movie means for right? a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, but
0: it's a very forgotten movie. at this point yeah Yeah, Mm because i mean obviously it has its fans that love it but like people don't really talk about this movie i mean this movie has this movie got its initial blu-ray release like i don't know like yeah 14 years ago probably something Mm -hmm. like that and like hasn't been released on home video they haven't done like a special edition they haven't done Mm a 4k edition yeah uh i don't remember i mean I, I don't have cable anymore but like i don't remember the last time like i would have just saw this movie on tv or anything
1: no i i haven't seen this since probably 2002 when i bought it on DVD. Yeah, same yeah um, yeah so that's
0: ai that's ai uh well we should probably do kubrick lists just to wrap this episode up even yeah, though we won't include ai obviously yeah
1: Let, let's do the kubrick list uh, I've got let's do these lists
0: yeah, let's do the lists uh, so I've got a few more than you because I've seen all of them yeah you've seen all of them I've yeah. I've seen eight I mean I would say I've seen like the most famous eight Not maybe not yeah. necessarily the best But I don't
1: know if you need to see like Fear and Desire and, yeah that uh, one I'll probably never get around to probably okay
0: I probably won't ever get to Lolita well I don't know never I never say never yeah. especially with someone like of his stature, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen Lolita either. I don't know when I'll get to that. Yeah. But obviously I'm gonna watch Paths of Glory soon now that I yeah. own it. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you. Mm-hmm. And I do wanna see the killing, as well Yeah. Uh
1: all right. Well I'll uh I'll start. Uh what what am I going up to before you join uh, me?
0: Uh do your number eight and then I'll do my number eight.
1: Oh yeah, I'll do my thirteen through eight. Yeah. Um, okay. I just realized that I got a pretty good movie at number eight, so that means this is a good list.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, my whole list is, like, at least pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my number
1: 13 is Fear and Desire. Okay. Uh, my number 12 is Lolita. Which, Humbert Humbert. Yeah. Which, again, is a movie I think has good performances, but just doesn't, uh,. Oh, well, it's also creepy. It's also a little creepy. And... and then
0: I think even even Kubrick has like, not like, yeah, he hasn't I... like denounced it or anything, but no. like, he's like, oh, I didn't quite make the movie that I wish yeah. I could have made, or... Yeah,
1: I think he kind of thought he had trouble working within the, uh, like, the the codes right. like, to, you know, so it could be released. Um, but yeah, that's my number 12, Lolita. And... Uh, my number, uh, 11 is, uh, Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> uh, you know, a movie I actually enjoyed
0: on this more recent rewatch than I thought I would. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like some of those like, yeah. older, like fifties and sixties, like sword and sandal movies. Yeah. Like they're kind of fun. And that's probably the best of them. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. would think. Yeah.
1: Uh number ten is Killer's Kiss, uh, which is just a, an easy like noir to, to watch. Yeah. It's also it's, like
0: just a little over an hour long. Yeah. It can't beat that.
1: Yeah. It's got real cool uh mannequin warehouse fights in. Yeah. Up. Uh and then uh number nine is a clockwork orange. Okay. Um and then eight uh, which is... Oh, wait, am I doing my eight? Yeah, okay. you do your eight, and I'll do mine. Uh, sure. number eight is a movie that I say I like quite a bit, um, but it's still my number eight, and that is Full
0: Metal Jacket. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, for me, most of the list is pretty damn good. Uh, number eight, Spartacus. hmm I, I might like it more than A Clockwork Orange, but for right yeah. now, I have it, I have it behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, fine. I think it's just kind of, like, like we were saying, like, it feels kind of anonymous for a Kubrick movie. Uh-huh. Like, like, I don't know. If you told me any of those, like, directors did that movie, like, that were big in that era, yeah. like, I'd probably believe it. uh uh-huh. Um, David Lean or something right. like that, you know.
1: Um, and who, who was, uh, Anthony Mann was supposed to
0: direct Spartacus or did like the first hour or something like oh, that. Oh, like when it was like with Mar- Marlon Brando or whatever. I, I don't know about that,
1: but I think it was made, uh, like a good chunk of mm. the beginning of the movie was filmed by oh, not was Stanley fired. Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. Fired or quit or something. Yeah. And then Kirk Douglas got. Kubrick on the... Got his old pal oh, Stan. On the horn.
0: Right. And then yeah. they never worked together again.
1: After that, no, I don't think I so. Think,
0: I think he, like, tried to get Kirk Douglas to be in Lolita. That's what I heard. Which yeah. would have been weird. Would have been probably. weird. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> weirder. Yeah, weirder. <laughs> uh, okay. And then my number uh, seven
0: is Dr. Strangelove. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Solid number seven. It's a good number seven. Uh, my number seven is Clockwork Orange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's alright. It's, like, it's good, but mm. it's, 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 like, the least revisitab- revisitable, revisitable? Yeah. Guess. like, rewatchable. The thing. one I, rewatchable, of, of, like, the, the, the major yeah. Kubricks that I've seen. Right. Um...
1: Yeah, and then from here on, I'd say these are all, like, four-and-a-half, five-star
0: movies. Um, Number six for me is Paths Glory. Okay. Yeah. Number six for me is Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then five, I got The Killing. Okay. Wow. Killing's up there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Five for me is Dr. Strangelove. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're... We're going to have the same. Now we have the same <laughs> top four, just yeah, probably in a slightly different, different order. order. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then four for me is Barry Linden. That's also my number four. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good number four.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Oh, his top four is unimpeachable.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then number three is The Shining. Okay. My number three is 2001 mm. Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, my number two is Eyes Wide
0: Shut. Also my number two. Yeah. So we just flipped our ones and threes. Our ones and threes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I just want to bring this up because
1: I should have brought it up earlier but didn't, but you have probably heard that famous story about how uh, Harvey Keitel was supposed to be in Eyes Wide Shut as the Sidney Pollack character, Mm -hmm. but uh, quit after Kubrick made him, like, walk through a door like 30 times yeah. or something like that I don't know how many times but yeah. just made him like redo that one part yeah. and he just quit
0: that's awesome yeah <laughs> that's an awesome st- <laughs> he would have been great obviously in yeah it, but like that's an awesome story yeah uh
1: but Sidney <laughs> Pollack kind of like is somehow perfect for that part. Uh,
0: yeah he is he's like a good like skeevy older business guy yeah like he, that
1: would probably be involved in some kind of sex cult like that yeah like,
0: something nefarious yeah Yeah. you believe it yeah yeah he was good at that like even in like lesser movies like in like changing lanes and stuff oh like, yeah he shows That's up right. in that before he passed away yeah, yeah. a 2002 yeah. movie changing yeah. lanes yeah. yeah uh i liked sydney pollock the actor yeah I probably like Sidney Pollock the actor better than Sidney Pollock the director. Fine. I mean I didn't oh. think about that but probably. I mean to be honest, I always think of him in Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean he's got <laughs> he's got some he's got some funny stuff that he does in Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Um
1: Yeah. Um and then uh my number one, I think it's obvious, is uh two thousand one.
0: Yeah. Uh, inspirational namesake for our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one is The Shining,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which yeah uh, is is uh, it's kind of like I don't know. Would you say that that's really kind of like Kubrick's only? Well, I was thinking like his only real attempt at like genre filmmaking. Mm, I mean. I mean, I, I suppose... He kind of did a little bit of everything. Yeah, like he, he did... did. Yeah, I guess... No, yeah, because he did sci-fi. He did, he did horror. Sci-fi, he did like, crime, noir. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Guess... War, a lot of war. Yeah. I guess, I mean, like... But, like... We're so... We're so inundated with, like, highbrow horror movies these days. Uh, yeah. That, like... It's easy to forget that, like... Yeah. That idea comes basically yeah. from like the you shining wouldn't have any of like some of those other 70s yeah. you
1: wouldn't have any of today's like uh atmospheric like a24 horror movies if not for yeah the shining
0: yeah and like yeah. obviously there were like like really good horror smart horror movies from the 70s and stuff mm-hmm. before it but like yeah the shining feels like the most directly responsible for like the the current A24 yeah. style movement that we've got now. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, you can't really argue with any of those top four though. Like, mm. if, if someone told me their favorite was any of those, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. And on some days, maybe even like my order would be different. But mm. as of right now, I'm still good with that ranking.
1: Yeah. And it, it is cool that Eyes Wide Shut has kind of become more favorable in a lot of people's yeah uh, i don't know if that's just because like the people who saw it you know in the late 90s were people that are like our age Mm -hmm. and it's just you know become like millennials or whatever just like eyes wide shut but Mm. back then people didn't like it and i remember uh i read maybe it was like an e-weekly or something i read uh like a list of i think david Kepp's like all-time guilty pleasures and he had that on his list and i was like
0: guilty pleasure that's like a great movie that's that's annoying for someone that you think would be like smart enough to recognize that's not a guilty pleasure (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean the whole concept of guilty pleasure i think is kind of stupid anyway (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like just like something or don't like who cares I don't um, really give a shit. I like the movie House Guest and I also like The Shining. Like, yeah. you can like both. Yeah. But I think it's
1: just cool that uh, Eyes Wide Shuts kind of become more well regarded over the years.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely regarded as like a classic by a lot more people nowadays than yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. Back then, it had that like, that weird, like, Ooh, it's, it's, it's a lurid sex movie with yeah. Tom Cruise and Nicole mm. Kidman. Ratty naughty, naughty or whatever, you know, and it's like... Ratty <laughs> Naughty. naughty. <yeah>. <laughs> looky, looking <laughs> Looky, looky. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's cool that it has, the res- that it's getting the respect it deserves. Yes. Yeah, that movie's so good. hmm So good. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I don't know, I think that might be it for our discussion on Kubrick and AI.
0: Kubrick, we, we achieved our goal. We yeah. we talked to Kubrick. There's obviously nothing, <laughs> gonna be nothing else to know it <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we talked
1: about all of the
0: AI. And we did. I think uh, we did it in a few hours, maybe three hours. <laughs> yeah, it was about three hours. Yeah. It's not going to be one of our longest episodes. Yeah, no. I, mean, I mean, it might be long, but not like the longest. Yeah.
1: And we talked about an entire filmography.
0: Yeah. I actually yeah. think we were, despite promising this is like a loose episode once we actually got started we <laughs> yeah. kind of we <laughs> kind of actually stayed pretty on track because we structured. had a lot to go over yeah yeah it helps that we didn't talk for every kubrick movie if, about every kubrick movie for like at length yeah yeah we just kind of like, touch on it yeah and, uh, i mean they're famous movies not yeah. a lot to be said about them
1: yeah you could if you want to read more about these movies you can you can find reviews yeah our
0: uh, reviews blank checks doing like all of them so you can yeah. listen to that show that's a great show
1: yeah uh, uh i know we're like wrapping up but last kind of tangent mm-hmm. it's not really that much of a tangent because it's ai related but um uh roger ebert uh when this came out uh ai that is gave it a three-star review and then 10 years later revised it and gave it a four-star review mm. and uh, put it in his great movies list
0: interesting Mm -hmm. uh did what did he say i
1: think he i mean this is just kind of paraphrasing but just that he like missed the point and uh i I can't remember exactly what he said but just he basically said that he found it the ending to be kind of frustrating and on upon rewatched thought it made like more sense Okay. I mean, he wrote more specifics than uh, that, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, Ebert was... I would say, generally a not insanely stubborn film critic. Like, he kind of... Yeah. There were other other things where he kind of mm-hmm. talked about changing his opinion and stuff over the years, which yeah. is good. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones, movies that... I don't know. That <laughs> uh, he revised his opinion on? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I swear, I mean, I remember hearing him talk about him but
1: yeah but i just thought that was interesting that he came back like in i think 2011 and changed his mind
0: interesting because like no one was talking about ai
1: no i mean i I, the only reason i could think about it is that it would have been the 10 year anniversary yeah maybe it got some like maybe that's when
0: the blu-ray came out or something
1: maybe yeah Or or maybe it's when his when his great movies book came out yeah yeah
0: Uh, yeah. So, there you have it. So, Roger Ebert. Check him out at Mm RogerEbert.com, a website that (laughs) still exists and publishes movie reviews written by other film critics, not named Roger Ebert. Yeah, but it's still (laughs) RogerEbert.com. Very weird to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Uh Uh-huh. We'll be back for a regular episode next time. Yeah, a proper episode. A proper episode. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, on All About the Benjamins, mm-hmm. Ice Cube, and Mike Epps. Mike Epps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you then. Yeah, we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye bye. Adios.